I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Guinness Book of World Records of most accident-prone person. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how that's measured, because I feel like after the last week, I'm in the running. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Have you had a lot of accidents? Dropped a hairdryer on my foot. Okay. To the point that it's bruised. Yeah. I have a bruise between two of my toes. Ouch! And my foot is also bruised. Yeah. Which is just weird. Well, it's a big hairdryer. Yeah. And I hit my head on a cabinet. Oh, yeah. I remember that. And I had to take a nap. Because <laughs> it hurt. Because of... Oh, no. I was bleeding. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> what else? I mean, is that enough? I think if you're going to be in the Guinness Book, you have to have more than two in a week. But if you're it were two be like every week? Daily. Oh, daily. And, yeah, how do you quantify that? Because you have to prove that they're accidents and yeah you didn't put yourself in harm's way it was truly just mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. completely by accident and what do you qualify as an accident yeah and does the severity of the accident come into play you know where you're like well i hit my head three times this week yeah and the other person's like well i got in one car crash but it was pretty bad yeah i lost a leg <laughs> they got 50% fewer legs now. Still le- not my leg. I just had some in the back. <laughs> oh, yeah. And now it's gone. <laughs> they were mannequin legs. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but I just feel very accident prone to the point where I'm like, I shouldn't carry anything. Yeah. They shouldn't touch anything hot. Well, yeah. you shouldn't do that anyway. It shouldn't be near anything hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good for you, though, in your line of work. You're around hot things. And, and sharp things. things. And sharp things. I know. Uh-oh. Luckily, I've never injured anyone else in the salon yeah have you ever cut yourself oh yeah all the time yeah i cut myself like once a week oh yeah (laughs) i mean that factors in yeah and i think i i tiny cut myself all the time Mm. because i don't notice it but then like if i get you know when i put sanitizer on my hands or squeeze a lime you know like spicy yeah hairdressers should not squeeze citrus no (laughs) they shouldn't have to you know you provide such a service that someone else yeah should squeeze your citrus for you exactly i'm just gonna get hair in it (laughs) also true (laughs) (laughs) i uh no the the worst that i've done is i i have dropped my hair dryer on someone's head before Ooh, yeah but not from a clonk it's not that hard yeah. It's not that high up. Yeah. No, just like I was blow drying their hair and I dropped it and yeah. it bonked them a little. Better than a hair straightener. Yeah. Or a curling iron. Yeah, no. I just usually I put product in people's hair, you know, before I blow dry it. Yeah. And then I pick up my hair dryer and my hands are still <laughs> <laughs> slippery. I forget to wipe them off sometimes. Slippery? Yeah. And yeah. then I'm like too far in. I can't set the hair dryer back down to wipe my hands off. I would look stupid, you know. For sure. So. Yeah. 
just gripping it like Harry Lime trying to shoot that gun <laughs> in Home Alone. <laughs> exactly like that. Me on yes. a daily basis. Yep. Yeah, and I, you know, I limit myself to dropping three things a day. Yeah, and, and then what? I quit. Quit doing anything or? My job. I leave. Oh. Yeah. Try again the mid, next day. Mid-client. I'll go. <laughs> Sorry. Can't drop another thing. I won't. I get to a point sometimes <laughs> if I'm feeling like especially dropsy mm. in a day where mm. I'm like, I'm not picking up anything else. If I drop it, it's staying on the floor. Yeah. You want to be on the floor, it's a goddamn bad. And then I ultimately, like almost every time, drop my phone right after, after that. Um, and I'm like, like, well, I gotta pick that up. Yeah, I need that. That's where all my friends are. <laughs> That's where <laughs> I keep my pals. Box. Yeah. <laughs> all my all pocket my, pals. All my little gay jokes. <laughs> I need those. That's what I call my friends. <laughs> yes! <laughs> What's up, you gay jokes? <laughs> Our group chat is very clown themed, so that, that seems fair. <laughs> it yes. actually is appropriate. Yeah, that's why I'm sitting still. You know, just gonna yeah. sit here. I'm gonna touch anything. That's fair. I do actually. I might be too serious, but I've always thought like, whenever I do get pregnant, I can't carry anything. <laughs> Because the number of times, not for like the, or it's like you shouldn't lift anything heavy, but like the yeah. number of times I've been carrying something in front of me and then walk into a door frame yeah. and squish it into me terrifies me. Yeah. So I'm like, people are going to have to carry shit for me. <laughs> I'm already carrying enough. Yeah, you're carrying a baby. Exactly. Yeah. So like you carry this box. I always wonder, and again, not to jinx myself, but I always wonder how I haven't run into more things with my car. Oh, yeah? Because I don't have a lot of spatial awareness for my own body. Like, I run myself into, like, corners and tables and door frames all the time. Yeah, same. But I don't run my car into anything. Why do I have better spatial awareness of that than my own meat suit? (laughs) I don't know. That's strange. That's a good question. You can't lean a car. Yeah. Because that's what always gets me is I'm leaning into the turn and then I clip my shoulder on a door frame or my hip on a counter or something. Mm -hmm. My head on a cabinet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't even a high cabinet. It was a low cabinet. I was bending down. Well. To feed the dog. Yeah. Actually, I was bending down to get some dog food out of the cabinet Mm -hmm. to give to my cat because he likes dog food. And so when I feed the dog, I give Troll a little snack. Yeah. Because he thinks he's a dog. Well. Either that or he'll just eat out of Cricket's bowl while Cricket is eating. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like you might as well give him his own. Yeah. Instead of. Yeah, that's fair. (sighs) <sighs> I don't know, man. I don't tell you. Wrap anyway, yourself in bubble wrap. Can't be trusted with my own safety. Your name to Bubble Snake. <laughs> oh, cute. <laughs> that is cute. That is. Oh. Or Bucket Bubble. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is a podcast. It's about kids' movies, probably. It's about absolute nonsense. It's about being accident prone. We got a whole podcast dedicated to it. How do we talk so much about it? Who knows? I run into a lot of shit. Give me an award. Anyway, we're going to talk about some kids movies from the 90s or before. We're going to try and remember what they're about. And then we're going to go watch them. Then we're going to come back and tell you what happened in the movie and give you some trivia about how the movie was made and who was in the movie and why they were in the movie and how much money the movie made and all those interesting things that people like to know about movies. This week, we're talking about a movie. (laughs) (laughs) Not how we do this at all. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. What's the next part? Sorry, it's a new year. You say your name. Oh, I'm Bucket Snake. And then I say my name. You're Meat Wedge. Which is Meat Wedge. Yeah. And then we say, this is Replay Rewind. This is Replay Rewind. It is. And then I say, I have a question for you. You do. And then I ask it. Yes. What? <laughs> is... What? <laughs> That's the whole question. What? <laughs> why? The question is why. <laughs> Please proceed. (laughs) How? (laughs) Jesus. What would you say is your favorite animal in Australia? In Australia? Just, you know, like your typically Australian... I feel like Australia has its own group of animals. You know, you can't find those anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Do they have frogs? I don't know. I was just gonna be like, they don't have snakes, but that's Ireland that doesn't have any snakes. Oh, really? They don't? Is yeah. that the, why the, the guy? St. Patrick? Yeah, he chased <laughs> away all the snakes. Oh, I just thought, I didn't know that that meant that there weren't any snakes. That's a sad place to be. Yeah, no snakes in Ireland. It's also an island, and is it illegal just, to have no snakes, a pet snake? I don't know. Maybe not a pet snake, but, you know, if you let it get loose, and, and just then there are loose snakes. Snakes? Snakes. 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 <laughs> snakes i mean i guess the obvious answer is the kangaroo those are cool yeah gators are cool yeah um that's true they do have gators but they got gators giant bugs elsewhere oh yeah you like giant bugs no (laughs) but i know they have them actually you know what no my favorite animals that only exist in australia is the Irwin family Aww. bendy robert their mom whose name i can't remember terry terry love them Love him. That's true. I follow Robert on Instagram. Yeah. And he's a very sweet uncle. Bendy just had a baby. Yeah, she's so cute. Yeah. And then there was that, like, before when Bendy got engaged Mm -hmm. and Robert stood in for her so they could practice the proposal. (laughs) And there's, like, pictures of Bendy's now husband proposing to Robert. Yeah. (laughs) Because he was like, yeah, this is where you should stand and this is where you should, this is how you should do it, which is really adorable. That's cute. I'm pretty um, sure he walked her down the aisle too. His, her brother, Robert did. Yeah, probably. Yeah, they're just they're also cute, and I love that. You know, when you have a famous father, or I guess in that case, famous parents. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's always like a do we follow in our father's footsteps? Is it yeah. expected that we do? You know what he did, but in that case, it's just like how could you do anything else? You yeah, know, and they you grew up seem to genuinely yeah enjoy being around it and part of it and yeah 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 so i picked the Irwins. okay <laughs> and you can't tell me i can't i wouldn't dream of it <laughs> ever do you have one i think wombats oh i forgot about those those are fun i love them so much are wombats the ones that poop in cubes oh it's wombats or wallabies but i think i love either of them but i yeah. think it's wombats hmm. and they're like well, they, but yeah, they're cute. Wombats wobble, but they don't fall down. They're, yeah, their poop <laughs> is in cubes. <laughs> True, because okay. they like use it to find their way back. <gasps> cute, and so that if it's in cubes, it won't roll away. Oh, so and it's also like, very unique. Yeah, like, like, this is definitely my poop. Oh yeah, I definitely made that. I'm gonna Google it. I think it's wombats, but they're just their little faces are so cute. And I love them so much, but there are a lot of really good animals. <laughs> the first thing that comes up is a wombat poop. Yeah. 
Yes, wombats are the only only animals that poop cubes. Yeah. Cute. I know. I love it. I love that. And they didn't figure that out until 2018. Yeah, it was, yeah, a thing recently that they were like, what the fuck is going on with this animal's butt? (laughs) Well, yeah, the uh, people also ask, says, is a wombat's bum square? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's gotta be, right? Oh, Yeah, I love them. I love their little faces. They're so cute. They look like little chubby bears. You know, and they're so small. And they're marsupials, right? So they carry mm. their babies around. Just like isopods. Just like isopods. Wombat poo is cubic, not because the wombat has a square-shaped anus, but because it has a very long and slow digestive process, typically 14 to 18 days, which allows the digestive matter to become extremely dry and compacted. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Do they... I wonder how often they eat. I don't know. Well, call, get Bendy Irwin on the phone <laughs> and tell me how often a wombat eats. Because I wonder if it takes them that long to digest if they eat more, less. Oh, yeah. Often, like a snake. True. Probably, I would imagine, less often. Yeah, why don't snakes poop square then? Well, they're just, they're just a tube. <laughs> I they, they have no other option. That's fair. But to be tube shaped. Anyway, why are you anyway. asking me about wombat poop? <laughs> <I wasn't. laughs> me wench. I was, I was telling you about wombat poop, actually. No, I was telling you. I looked it up. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Uh, because for this, our first movie of 2022. Wee wee. And the first movie of January's Creature Feature Month. Yes. We're talking about The Rescuers down under yes which i love what i think is very interesting about this movie is that so many people know about the rescuers down under they saw it they loved it Mm -hmm. cherish it remember watching it growing up and i'm like yeah it's a sequel to the rescuers and they're like never heard of it i know it's very strange i asked somebody the other day i was i don't remember why but i was like you know the rescuers and they were like yeah down under and i was like no the rescuers no yeah the first one it's because they came out 20 years apart true and this one actually came out when we were kids. And yeah. the first one came out in, like, the late 70s. It's true. Which we covered what, last 79 year. 79 and then yeah. 98 or Yeah, right something there. like that. It's like, yeah, 20 entire years apart. It's true. And it is wild to put out a sequel that <laughs> far. 20 years later, yeah. <laughs> apart. But- and not even, like, a, a remake like they're doing now, you yeah. know, with every movie, like, three years later. Well, let's try again. Yeah. No, it literally is just- A literal sequel. A sequel. And there's not, and like, a colon. don't live that long. It just says The Rescuers Down Under. Yeah. And so, yeah, I can understand it, but I'm also just like, but The Rescuers is so good, and you missed out. Yeah. There are more Bernard and Bianca adventures to be had. Absolutely. You get to see how they met. In the bayou. In the bayou. The bayou adventure. Yeah. But anyway, All that we talked about that one already. Business. If you want to go listen to it, yeah. you can. But today we're talking about The Rescuers Down Under, which is also great. I don't know what you're doing with your hands over there, but it's very funny. <laughs> Collecting my thoughts. Ah, uh, is that where you keep them? <laughs> <laughs> On the table. Like, perhaps in the brain. They come out of my fingertips. <laughs> keep them to yourself. Anyway. No, that's the whole thoughts point are everywhere. They're podcast. rolling off the table. So I don't have to keep my thoughts to myself. <laughs> I put them out there. Perhaps if my thoughts were in cubes, <laughs> it wouldn't roll away. It takes you 14 to 18 days to get out of thought. <laughs> it's just, it's, don't talk to me. I'm thinking. <laughs> For two fucking weeks. <laughs> uh, to your point. 
from two weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) What? That we've moved on. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) I I think you probably remember more of this movie than I do. Yeah. I watched The Rescuers more than I watched Down Under. Yeah. Though I you know, I I liked both and watched both. Um Down Under is about Cody Mm -hmm. is the boy. Yeah. He and his mom live in the middle of nowhere in Australia. Yeah. He runs around. He's wearing a red tank top. I think, I think it's a shirt. Okay. I think he's got sleeves. But yeah, I do believe it's red. And I remember his he's got like kind of Timberland style boots on. But yeah. I remember them being very square in the toe for some reason. A wombat made them. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Uh, it's wombat jokes from here on out, I guess. Um, but yeah, I don't really remember the impetus for Bernard and Bianca to go save him. Yeah. Um, I know there's a poacher bad guy uh-huh. who has, uh, Joanna, the Goanna. I, she yeah. Goanna? Uh, Joanna? I think she's bigger than that. She's like a... She might be a monitor lizard? Yeah, something like that. She's very long, mm-hmm. very big. And he sings that song. You get a line, I'll get a pole, we'll go down to the fishing hole. Yeah, something like that. And the first two lines are definitely correct. I don't know about the... Yeah. You get a line, I'll get a pole. Uh-huh. And then Joanna eats eggs. Yeah. Bernard and Bianca ride on an albatross again. Uh-huh. They... The albatross is voiced by John Candy. Yeah. It's Wilbur? Yes, because the first one was Orville. Orville, yeah. So this one is Wilbur. And I would have remembered, because Wilbert's one of my favorite names. It's so good. Yeah. Um, and they meet up with the can- a tiny kangaroo man. Mm-hmm. Wearing a vest. Kangaroo <laughs> 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 Who's, like, their guide to yeah. go save Cody. Yes. I don't remember. I mean, does he get kidnapped by the poacher? Yes. Okay, why? Because. Okay, you got, you got anything else? That's all I got. Because here's what I remember. Uh... Cody is trying to save a huge golden eagle named Marahote. Oh. And her eggs. Yeah. Which are on the side of a cliff. Okay. And the poacher is trying to capture this eagle, and he does, and Cody is like, I'm gonna save her, and mm. then he ends up with Cody He's trapped as well. Poached. And so, yeah. <laughs> so then... Bernard and Bianca go to help Cody because he's been missing for a couple of days. And the it's a kangaroo rat mm-hmm. in like a little, yeah, like, what do you call it? Like a like safari yeah. utility. What do they call it in Australia? Walkabout. Oh, Like uh-huh. his like shirt with all the pockets. Mm. And he's got one of those big hats that's folded up on one side. Mm-hmm, yeah. I think his name is Jake. Okay. I'm going with Jake. Sure. And he like, <laughs> can I get a on- Jake? <laughs> He, like, hits on Bianca a bit. Uh, and I think Bernard has, yes, Bernard has a an engagement ring. This is when they go to around. the fancy dinner. Yes. And they have pea soup. Yes. And the pea rolls down. Yeah, because somebody drops a single pea off of their plate and the ants, like, yeah. run this restaurant. They're like, pea soup? <laughs> I remember this part. Yes. Yeah. And he thinks about proposing at that point point yeah and he drops the ring and it rolls across the floor and it ends up on the toe of like this like very rich like yeah. old lady mouse and then she's like whoa what are you doing down there anyway that's before they get the assignment though yes yeah they're like, like up high hemming and hawing mm-hmm, yeah about proposing to her do and you think ratatouille the the rat from ratatouille is cooking e- definitely yeah for sure cool 
I didn't see that movie. But anyway. It's so good. Oh, good. So yeah, then they end up in the outback to go try and rescue Cody. And the guy's name is like McCree or McSomething. Mm, McDonald's. Yeah. McFucking lose it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's just kind of like a big rough poacher dude and he's got all of these animals. Is he big? And is he big? Yeah. I mean, he's... In my head, he's like gross and slinky. Oh, no, I think he's, he's big. pretty big. Okay. He kind of reminds me of Pete Postlewaite's character in Lost World. Where he's just like... I didn't realize he was in that. Yeah. It's been too long since he's I've seen it, I guess. a poacher dude. Oh, Kind of reminds me of that. Just okay. real gruff. But yeah, he's like kind of muscular. Um, It's Joanna that's like... Yeah. Slinky. And he's always like yelling at her. Because she's always trying to eat all the eggs. Right. And he's like, some of these eggs I have to keep so I can like raise animals to sell. To sell, yeah. And he's, so he's just, these are not Joanna eggs! Mm-hmm. Yelling at her about it. Um, And then, yeah, Cody ends up locked up in old boy's cellar where he's got there's a kangaroo locked up down there with like a chain around its neck and there's also a little like frilled lizard who's like very nervous and he keeps trying to unlock cages with his tail and they like at one point yeah he's really adorable i love him i can't remember his name i want to talk to him yeah so the kangaroo and this little lizard can talk and there's like a koala that they talk to Mm -hmm. also but the eagle doesn't talk she just kind of screams so i'm not sure why some animals get to talk and some don't but whatever goofy joanna doesn't talk either goofy pluto situation yeah yeah she just kind of makes like lizard noises right but this little that's a lizard noise Uh uh-huh i can't remember what this little like frilled lizard's name is and that rango bums me out but he's really cute because he like he gets out at one point yeah and he's like trying to pick the lock and they like have to yell at him to make him realize that he's already slipped through the bars oh <laughs> and he's like trying to unlock his own cage yeah. and they're just like you already you already escaped my, my yeah dude. yeah uh frank his name's frank okay the I'm, end i'm glad you remembered <laughs> i could see how important it was to you but that's about all i remember the they save everybody and the end Cool. They save Marahote, and he gets to keep an eagle feather from her. It's big and gold. Oh. I think the poacher guy falls off of a cliff and dies. I was going to say, is there like a hole? Ooh, at one point he has Cody tied up and is holding him above like an alligator pit. Yeah. And it's raining. That's what I'm thinking that, of. I think that's when he's singing that like, you get a line, I'll get a pole. Yeah. He sings it all the time, but that yeah. one he's especially like, and it's just like big and loud and echoey and he's like yelling yes. at him. Yeah, I was thinking of like like a pit inside a cave or something. Yeah. not But not like in the first one yeah right <laughs> true an yeah, australian so it's like one full of gators or something yeah more and more of it is coming back to me it has been a long time since i watched this movie yeah um yeah cool yeah looking forward to it me too we're doing this one because of joanna is a creature right no because uh the eagle is real real big oh, like okay. cody like rides on her back oh. she's that big Oh, yeah, that's on the cover. Yeah. 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 So she is a giant eagle. Marahote is a good word. Yeah. It's fun to say. It is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back while we're gone. You take this 15 seconds or so <laughs> real quick. Patreon.com slash Replay Rewind Podcast. Subscribe. Get you some more episodes. Then come right back. Listen to more. We'll be here. 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Well, that was a fucking high-stakes movie. Yeah! Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all the stakes were a bit too high for me. All the stakes. Every steak. Yeah. Overcooked. too high. Chewy. (laughs) Tough. Shoe leather. It's like they seared it in weed butter. Mm -hmm. Too high. (laughs) Ah. Steak is too damn high. Well, the IMDB says... Yeah? The RAS agents, Mm -hmm. Miss Bianca and Bernard, Mm -hmm. race to Australia to save a little boy and a rare golden eagle from a murderous poacher. Yeah. Every description that I read of this movie had some terrible adjective for McLeach. Yeah, murderous. Yeah. I think the Disney description calls him vile. And then I think one of the other ones is like an evil poacher. And I was like, yeah, get him. (laughs) Don't let him get away with it. Yeah, he has uh, zero redeeming qualities. Nope, not one. So that's fair. Not a single one. Uh, I knew that I loved this movie, but I had kind of forgotten how much of it was just in my brain. Yes, same. Visually. Which is my favorite thing that happens when we watch movies we haven't seen in a long time. I love being like, it's like you know what's about to happen like a split second before. Yeah. Just with the visuals. Yeah. It's so fun. For me, it was like, like the whole plot, like I knew... You know, it's like I could have sat down and written like a synopsis of this movie. Like, then this happens and this happens. There wasn't really anything plot wise that I was like, oh shit, I forgot about that. Yeah. But just the way that things looked, I was just like, I just kind of want to sit in this scene like a hot tub, like for a little yeah. bit. Like, I want it to keep moving, but I don't want it to progress. Right. If I could somehow just like hang out here and it, just even this opening scene with these little bugs. And they're very serious little faces. I know, and I and like them, the, like crawling around on stuff. The bugs get bigger, yeah, in the sequence, and it kind of reminds us that like these bugs are cute, yeah, and neat, but also this is a dangerous place. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, they're so small, and like you're like, oh, look at this cute bug, and then he like runs off because like this giant beetle is like trundling yes. by, and you're like, oh no, get out of there, dude, and uh-huh. yeah, that's fair, and it's just I don't know. It's and so then cute. the camera panning over just like the giant expanse of yes. the outback is really cool. Yeah, and like we see the like rock formations in the distance, but it takes a while to get there. Yeah, and you're just like just this huge field of flowers. Yeah, it just the whole thing was just so. Yeah, the opening is really good, cool and it looking. conveys a lot without having yeah. to say anything. Yeah, you don't need a narrator to be like the Australian outback where there are some bugs and it's right. big and scary. Yeah. And empty. But we just see it. Yeah. But also neat looking. You know, Very beautiful. Neat. And well done. And 
probably the nicest part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. I do... We'll talk about it. I just wish moments like this happened more yeah. throughout the movie. Yeah. That's fair. Apparently, I only saw it on the IMDb trivia and could substantiate it nowhere, but it's cute, so I included it. Yeah. Apparently, the grasshopper that we see at the beginning, his name is Pete, and the ladybug's name is Lydia. Aww. <laughs> it's like, uh, they don't have lines. No. And we never see them again. Well, but I mean, I guess you gotta refer to, like, you could just say grasshopper and ladybug, but, you know, if you're drawing it a hundred sure, times a day. Yeah, the animators name them. probably get attached, yeah. I would. I name everything. Right. <laughs> So I don't know where this person found this information, but I thought it was adorable. It is adorable. So yeah, like I said, we we race through the field of flowers and we go into a little house. Mm -hmm. And it really is the only thing within miles. Yeah. And (laughs) we zoom into a very messy bedroom. Yes. Where a child is sleeping under a pile of clothes. Yes, he's in a hammock. And it's just like, oh, a pile of clothes. And you're like, oh, there's a boy in there. <laughs> yeah, an indoor hammock. <laughs> yeah, which is rad. Sure, yeah. Um, He hears a didgeridoo <laughs> from outside, and it wakes him up. It's playing Sweet Caroline, I it's, think. Yes. <laughs> yes. So he gets dressed, grabs a little pocket knife, throws it in his bag, and then sneaks out of the house. But yes. his mom notices that he's gone and of she course. just like calls him back and she's like cody where are you going you know what about breakfast and he's like i've packed sandwiches i'm good and she's like okay just be back in time for supper and he's like i will and he runs away mm-hmm. bye good luck out there i hope you took some fucking water oh no kidding there are no australian accents in this movie no i know at first when cody says i have some sandwiches in my pack he says mm-hmm. pack weird it's like he tries because there are a couple times when he says he calls somebody mate yeah. And it's like they were like, just give it a go, Adam. And then and he was like, okay. But this little boy is Scandinavian. Oh. He's like Norwegian because he, when they like dubbed it for Norway, yeah, like in Norwegian, he dubbed over his own lines because he was like, I also speak Norwegian. Oh. But he does not have an accent. And At I don't, all, no. I don't know if they just like every once in a while were like, give, give it, just give it, it a go. go. Yeah. He's like, mate. Put some sauce on it. <laughs> just a little bit of sauce yeah i don't have any sauce i'm nine it's very strange that no one has an australian accent yeah jake sent the little kangaroo rat that they meet later yeah does and he's the only actual australian actor in this movie and then there's a kangaroo that has one yeah that's that's it it. yeah and we meet a lot of people Mm, and animals well (laughs) anyway he goes running off he's way smaller than i remembered too he's He's just a little a little bitty boy he is and small critique I will say they did a great job on the animals and the backgrounds and everything, but his face is so featureless. Yeah, he's very smooth. They didn't really yeah. make him look like anything. No, or anyone. Yeah, I feel like they put way more effort into his hair. Yes, than his facial features. Yes, his hair never stops moving. Yeah, it's like in a wind tunnel for the whole movie. Very floppy. It's very <laughs> black cauldron. Yes, maybe it was the same animator. <laughs> Get the hair guy in here. Come back. For, they brought him out of retirement. Like they brought that one guy out for rescuers to do the Foley. They yes. were like, get this guy to do the hair. <laughs> but yeah. So we see him. He's like running through the wilderness and he's kind of collecting animals as, as he goes. He's yeah. like waking them up and talking to them. Um, some kookaburras are like kind of sitting like, in the old gum tree. Yes. Yeah. Making noises at him. And he's like, I'm coming, I'm coming, you know. And mm. then he like knocks on a log and wakes up a little echidna named Nelson that comes like, like what's going on? 
Um, so he can talk to animals the way that Penny could. Right. In the first Rescuers movie. And some animals can talk back. Right. All animals seem to understand him. Yes. But not all of them can talk. Right. But I mean, same way Nero and Brutus couldn't talk. Right. And even Rude couldn't. Well, he could in his own way. (laughs) But yeah, only some of them can, which is just strange. I love even Rude. I know. Throwback. It's just like, are some of them like of lower intelligence? Right. Yeah. Is that what you're trying to say? Maybe they just don't speak human. Their Australian accents are just too thick to understand, and so they're like, "Right, might as well be another language." That that's what it is. <laughs> they're the ones. Anyway, yeah. a kangaroo whose name is Falu. Yes, he's playing a log like a didgeridoo. Yeah, kangaroo Falu didgeridoo. Ooh 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 ooh. ooh. So Cody and his pile of animals show up to the clearing. Yeah, and they ask her. Who's caught this time? Mm-hmm. And she explains that it was a great, it is a great golden eagle named Marahote, mm-hmm. and that she's caught in a poacher's trap way up high. Yeah. And she's like, there's no time to lose. I'll take you to her. Let's go. And Cody hops on her back and they go hopping away, which <laughs> seems like an incredibly nauseating way to travel. Yes, absolutely. Because he is just like bouncing about. B- bouncing. Yeah. So they reach the cliff and Cody just fucking climbs up the side of a cliff yeah like a hundred feet yeah like it's not like oh the 20 foot cliff that he like no it is at least a hundred feet yeah and he's just bopping on up climbs up there and there he goes boots yeah this is where i was like okay uh switch on the willful suspension of disbelief yeah so that i may continue this movie right i know it's a cartoon but jesus christ yeah it's wild and he doesn't even like hesitate like he you know he's like got a little bit of like oh way up there but then he just goes like nothing no kind of yeah <sighs> so anyway he gets to the top mm-hmm. and there's marahute and she's yeah. all tied up yeah and she is huge she is yeah this is the biggest bird i've ever seen yeah if he's like what a nine-year-old boy yeah they're like how big are nine-year-old boys like 70 pounds right 50 pounds yeah. i don't fucking know she's got to be like the size of a horse with wings yeah this is like a 20 <laughs> foot wingspan oh, yeah. on this bird <laughs> like and she's super freaked out looking but yeah. she does not speak english no but she seems to kind of understand what he's saying because he's like you know i'm not here to hurt you i'm here to help and so he takes out his little pocket knife and starts cutting these ropes mm-hmm. that she's under but as soon as he gets her free she spreads her wings and just knocks him right off a cliff yeah he goes you're free and yeah. then she goes bop <laughs> Whoop, there he goes and he is falling for a long time and this scene is incredibly scary yeah he has like tears coming out of his eyes which is probably from the wind but yeah but this child is like having to face his mortality because it is he has time to think about the fact that he is gonna die yeah and that there's no way out of this yeah except no it does not happen before he hits the ground marahote swoops in and saves him yeah which, like, you know is gonna happen, but just the fact that this yeah. cartoon little boy had to go through this for even a minute is just upsetting. It's intense. It's upsetting to watch. It's high stakes. But. Like I said. I know. You're right. But then the scenes that happen after this are really cute and really fun to watch and really well done. Because you can just tell that, like. Very reminiscent of Aladdin and Jasmine on the red on the red carpet and the flying carpet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Which, this came out in 1990, so yeah. it was, like, right before then. This was the first movie to be created digitally. Oh. It was still hand-drawn. Yeah. But it was inked and colored digitally. Nice. So it just saved a lot of time. And they also got to, like, put the drawings on, like, a digital landscape so that they could, like, 
move it around. Nice. So, like, I think it's the perfect, like, marriage of hand-drawn animation. Yeah. You know, every cell is still hand-drawn, but then they're like, okay, now we'll just put it in here, you know, save a little bit of time, get it done well so that we're not like the pebble and the penguining all over the place and colors aren't you know <laughs> flip-flopping one this way and the other why and is also, that child hot pink <laughs> these scenes where it's like you know going through cliffs and stuff is like clearly digital but it's not it yeah jarring yeah it's merged really well exactly yeah so i, I just really like it speaking of the pebble and the penguin this is a complete aside but i learned the other day that rock hopper penguins do have red eyes ew yeah <laughs> so I, was, I was playing animal crossing Oh. And there's a, well, Business Goose was playing Animal Crossing. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. And he was like, like he does. look at this penguin that just showed up on my island. And I was like, is that a rock hopper? Why he got red eyes? And then we Googled them and they like do. Weird. So they actually got that part right. Wow. The one thing they got right. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Let's make this correct. But let's also put a cape yeah. on this penguin that's yeah, shaped sure. like a bulldog. <laughs> anyway, they fly into the clouds. They swoop around. They glide over the water they'd scare a bunch of birds it's very cute and exhilarating yeah and marahote like tickles his ribs at one point and he giggles like he's having a great time she's having a great time yeah she's thanking him for saving her yeah they're friends it's very triumphant and adorable but also still terrifying because they're like in the fucking clouds yeah and he's being held on to by an eagle yeah i know some of those i'm like i understand again suspension of disbelief but i'm like i think his arms would just come out of the sockets yeah like with how fast they're going going, and she's just holding him by like his biceps Mm -hmm. like and his feet are dragging in the water yeah yeah that wouldn't work like that if she like took a took that turn i think that his arms would just come out (laughs) like just pop right off yeah like a little lego man exactly but they don't nope yeah and it's fine and so then she takes him to her nest where she yeah. has three eggs and it's just like in this big in the side of a cliff yeah yeah and it's pretty cool a cave up in the sky yeah and airy is what you call an eagle's nest oh if you were wondering which is why the underwear company yeah because it's owned <laughs> oh, by american eagle that makes sense uh-huh and you wear undies in your nest yes <laughs> there you go <laughs> It's all coming together. And so Cody's like touching them. And he's like, oh man, they're so warm. You know, like this is so cool. And he says, are they going to hatch soon? And this giant bird like shrugs. She like puffs up. Yeah. And like all of her feathers puff out. But she just looks like she's like, <laughs> it's I really cute. On I know. It is. She's so like full of expression. I know. And she does look proud of her little eggies yeah but then cody's like where's their dad and yeah, she gets very sad there what does he say where's daddy eagle or father eagle or something that what he says yeah maybe so where's the eagle daddy where's the eagle daddy where's your baby daddy <laughs> she's like wow <laughs> personal i just met you today <laughs> yeah but she gets really sad yeah which conveys that he is no longer around he went to get cigarettes never came back but she gives him one of her giant golden feathers mm-hmm. and then takes him back down to the forest. He does this cute little nine-year-old boy thing, you know, running around pretending to be an eagle, doing a terrible fake cry of an eagle. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying. But then we see posted to a tree, mm-hmm. a wanted poster for a nasty looking man named McLeach. He is nasty looking. I was watching this with Hot Toes. Yes. And we both, at the same time when we saw the poster, we both went, McLeach. <laughs> perfect because that's what 
it sounds like. Yeah. The poster. Yeah. So then Cody's heading home through the forest and he hears like a tiny little bell going off. So he goes to check it out. And there's an itty bitty little mouse that's all wrapped up with like a jingle bell. Mm -hmm. And he's like struggling. And Cody comes over to be like, oh, let me help you out, little guy. But the mouse is like, no, get away from me. No, it's a trap. It's a trap. But Cody doesn't hear him and falls. mouse voice is too small. It's too small and can't be heard over the jingling. And Cody being like, I got you. Don't worry. Quit struggling. And then he falls into a pit. Yeah. And then there's like beeping. Like this is a high tech trap. Yeah. Because it has, it's set off an alarm. Yes. And we see in a giant truck, a giant man sees on a screen this little bleep on his radar. Yeah. So that he knows that one of his traps has been set off. Yeah. So he heads in that direction. Yes. But then, so Cody's like down here in this pit and the, the little mouse goes, are you okay? And Cody's like, yeah, I'm fine. And he goes, okay, bye. <laughs> and just runs off. And Cody's like, wait, help. But the mouse comes back, dragging this giant vine and I like do, starts feeding it down in there. Which is nice. But I have to say, Cody just climbed a hundred foot I know! cliff face not five minutes ago. I know. It would make more sense if this pit was like metal on the sides like yeah you know he had dug it out and like grab onto or something right but it looks just like the cliff face that he just climbed yeah yeah again just way higher yeah just climb up there you dingus yeah there's some uh don bluth shenanigans with sizes going on here too in this scene Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah so the mouse brings cody a vine to climb up and he is making it up but suddenly there's a huge rumbling sound and there has to be a whole family tree of levelers because this guy is definitely the cousin of the one from fern oh absolutely he's just driving over entire trees yeah and just like leveling them i mean flattening a swath of forest and honestly as he goes the leveler was bad yeah in fern but it was making use of the lumber yeah this guy's just destroying shit to destroy it yeah just to get it out of his way because he's the worst Mm -hmm. but yeah it's a huge machine crashing through the trees creating a path of destruction as it goes yep and then it stops right in front of the pit rumbles up it's so loud yeah and we see this tiny little mouse run down the vine into cody's backpack yes and then we hear a man's voice but then there's a giant lizard face at the edge of this pit (laughs) she's just like (laughs) and it's joanna joanna the goanna the goanna the goanna goanna i don't know goanna (laughs) goanna yes but i called her goanna and you called her a monitor lizard yes but it turns out a goanna is a type of monitor lizard. Look at us. We fucking nailed it. Just look at us. We're so good at this. Wow. I do wonder if McLeach saw the word goanna and was like, just accidentally pronounced it Joanna. Oh, yeah, maybe. Because he's an idiot. Yes. He, in fact, says that he graduated from third grade. Graduated from third grade. <laughs> so maybe he just is calling her what she is. Oh, and that's yeah. not her name at all. And he's just like, that's a Joanna. Oh, that's funny. Because he's stupid. Maybe it is. That would be a funny joke. I don't know. But speaking of McLeach, there he is. Looking nasty. But he he's like, we were both kind of right. Because I was like, he's a huge dude. And you were like, I remember him being scrawny. Yeah. But he's got that like old man body where his legs are really long and thin and his arms are long and thin. But yeah. then he's like. Barrel really, chested. Yeah. Barrel chested, huge gut, wide shoulders. Yeah. So he's just like. He's kind of both. An old cowboy man. Yes. See, we're so we're so good at this. I know. We're it's both incredible. right all the time. Wow. So McLeach comes up to the edge and he's like, what do we got? You know, is it a... A razorback? Yeah. We get a... uh, Something else? Yeah, I know. He's just listing animals and then he sees that there is a human boy in there. Mm, And he's like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm in trouble. 
Yes. So he's like, oh, shit. He kicks Joanna. And he's like, are you out here digging holes again? She likes to come out here and bury squirrels. Right. And Cody, he doesn't know that he should lie to this man. Right. He's like, no, this is a trap and you're a poacher. There's a fucking, I can see that I tripped an alarm. (laughs) I'm not stupid, bro. Right. There's a poster with your face on it right there. Right there. You're a poacher. Yeah. And he's like, nah. And poaching is illegal. Yes. He, McLeach, puts his gun down towards Cody mm-hmm. to offer to pull him out. Yeah. Which feels threatening also. Right. I mean, it's supposed to. Yeah, absolutely. But, but like, it, it also <sighs> makes me like, how deep is this hole? Oh, true. Well, he's got soups along arms. And Cody was like, well, did he, f- he fell back because Joanna scared him. Because I say he was half out of the nope, thing anyway, but he, in the bottom and he did he fall back. Yeah. Reaches down with a rifle. Yeah, and pulls it's him true. Up. It's like, I feel like you could have just hopped out there, yeah. Cody. But anyway. Anyway, he pulls him out and Joanna goes after him because Joanna sees the mouse is in Cody's backpack. Yeah. And while they're struggling, McLeach notices the golden feather. Mm-hmm. And he's like, gets joanna off of him and he's like where did you get this yeah and cody's like uh it's a secret right because he doesn't know just say you found it because he says he's just a little little bitty boy it was a present and mcleach is like oh who from and he's like i can't tell you it was a secret but mcleach says don't worry it's not a secret i know where it came from i already shot the father and he pulls out this big frazzled golden eagle feather from his pack or pocket or whatever yeah He's holding Cody up by his backpack, and he's mm. like, just tell me where she is, and Cody is just like, whoop, and slips out of his backpack and runs away. Yes. But Joanna is in hot pursuit. Yeah, McLeach gets, I am i don't know why I'm stuck on this pit, but McLeach gets knocked by Joanna into the pit. Oh, too. yeah. And it takes him so long to hit the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> that I was like, is How long? <laughs> it's just ever it's changing. Just changing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> McLeach chases after him. Cody reaches the edge of a cliff, but he sees that the water beneath is just full of crocodiles. Yeah. Crocodiles, as they call them. Mm. And they don't. <laughs> McLeach catches up to him. And Cody's like, listen, I'm going to call the rangers. Mm-hmm. And McLeach is like, oh, don't call the rangers. Right. I'm so scared of the rangers. <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> and then he takes Cody's backpack, tosses it into the water. Yeah. Crocodiles eat it. Yeah. Cleach is like, oh no, my little old bitty boy eaten by the crocodiles. Right. Boo-hoo! You're coming with me, boy. And he throws him in the back of his giant contraption vehicle. Yeah. Drives away. But the little mouse that he saved before mm-hmm. watched all of this go down. And so he's like, I got this. And he runs over to a little telegraph station mm-hmm. and there's a tiny little mouse in a tiny little vest and hat. And he, you know, conveys, hey, we gotta help this kid. Yeah. And so the guy starts sending out Morse code. Yeah, they're message. using message. They all know mouse code. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then there's this cool scene that I did forget about. Yeah. But it's so much fun to watch where there's just this giant arrow that's like bouncing over the mm. world and it just yeah. keeps landing in places. Yeah, showing the message go from Australia to New York City. Yeah. I just which really is cool. Like yeah. It. So it's like Australia and then Hawaii and then it makes it to LA and then Denver. Yeah. And then somewhere else in the New York. Yeah. Yeah. All the mouses in Hawaii are wearing tiny little shirts with pineapples on them. Like, they have little Hawaiian shirts on. And it's so cute watching them all work together, too. Yeah. Because they know how to use... They use a computer in one of them. They're all working together to type. They distract a guy with a message so that he'll leave so that they can use his computer to type it out. Like, it's just... 
It's super adorable. Cute. Yeah. And they get the message to New York, to the Rescue Aid Society, to explain that a little boy has been kidnapped in Australia. Yes, and we need help. Yeah, so all the delegates assemble, mm-hmm. and we see Mr. Chairmouse, as before, talking about how they've just gotten this very urgent message of this boy who needs rescued, and they know just the two delegates who are gonna do it, and we pan over to an empty table with chairs marked Hungary and USA. Yeah. Where Bernard and Bianca are supposed to be sitting. Yeah, but they ain't. They're, are, let, let them rest. What do the other mice do? Yeah. What are any of these other mices doing? They're just hanging out. One, the one from Canada is wearing pajamas. And the chair mouse is like, oh, pajamas. That's <laughs> <laughs> very cute. He's like, I'm sorry it's so late, but pajamas? Right. Okay. Come on. The rest of us managed to get dressed there, buddy. But yeah, do any of these other mice do anything? No, they do no. not. But Bernard and Bianca are at dinner. My favorite scene. This part I remembered so vividly. Because yes. it's so cute. It's very cute. Because they're at a fancy restaurant. And a waiter, a human waiter, walks by and one single pea falls off of his tray. Yeah. And a little bug says, ooh, pea soup. Yeah. <laughs> and he runs out and grabs the pea and like rolls it down into a thimble where mm-hmm. a, a chef ant is like stirring it up. Yeah. And then he pours it into another bowl and it's like piping hot and green and it's so cute. Yeah. And he carries it across the ceiling, beams into a fancy mouse restaurant and they're all wearing little tuxedos and i'm obsessed with this and i just want to watch a movie about this little crickets yeah like i just want to watch this restaurant operate like how do you order are they just like well we have to wait for something to get dropped i'll i would like the pea soup unfortunately we have to wait for them to drop a single pea yeah yeah it's just just, like (sighs) they have rotating specials every whenever something is dropped yeah (laughs) they just come and ask you they're like you know vegetarian do you have any allergens yeah they just bring you whatever they can based on your answers but we see bernard and bianca who are there having dinner and bernard looks noivous so noivous and bianca's like you good you okay over there yeah a little sweaty he's like i'm fine why would you ask everything's great why (laughs) who me yeah bernard he's like don't act like you can read me we've only been dating for 20 years yeah you don't know me (laughs) who are you (laughs) what's what's going on with you and your hat in your scarf wear your pants <laughs> wear any of our pants no but he is about to propose yeah but he reaches in his pocket uh-huh. and his little finger pokes through because yeah. there's a hole in it and he's just got a, a diamond ring loose in there like a dingus yeah. he has it in a box later just i guess for this moment he was like well he learned yes that's true <laughs> maybe but he he heads off to find it mm-hmm. he's like miss bianca will you will you excuse me and he like gets up <laughs> she's like okay and it's just, like crawling around the restaurant trying to find the ring. It's yeah. rolling on un- it rolls under a table. Right. Where a real Jack Spratt couple are having dinner. Yes, yeah, there's this teeny tiny little man mouse and then this very giant lady mouse. She looks like a hamster. I mean, she might be a hamster. <laughs> <laughs> so while he's crawling all over the floor, the little Major D bug mm-hmm. in his little he's got a little vest on and Francois. he's like kind of fat. He's so cute. I know, I know. And he's got but he's got six arms, but yeah. he's still wearing a vest. Yeah. I don't know why that's cute. It just it really is. Yeah. Yeah, so he comes over to Miss Bianca and he says, I have an urgent message for you from the Rescue Aid Society. They need you to go to Australia immediately. And yes. Bianca's like, Well then let's fucking go. Yeah. But uh Romance is missing. Yeah. He's not there no more. But Francois like, I'll find him. Don't worry about it. And he goes, you know, beetling off to find him. <laughs> he goes twiddling about. Mm-hmm. I know bugs aren't supposed to be in a restaurant, but I would go to this one. 
Just saying. Yeah, I mean, these bugs aren't in the restaurant. No, they're above it. They (laughs) are the restaurant. Yes. But Bernard has located the ring. Yes. Because it has slipped onto this woman's... Toe? Toe. Yeah. I was going to say finger. And then I was like, foot. foot finger. Her foot finger. <laughs> it slipped on this woman's foot finger. And rather than like... It's so gross. <laughs> it is. I hate that. Rather than say something to her about it, like a normal person, he decides to crawl under the table and take it off, which... Bernard is just an awkward little mouse. I know. It works, but he... Tickles her foot a little bit, I guess. I guess. Getting it off because she... Looks at her husband. Yeah, who is like, because mm. he's enjoying his pea soup. I know. And she slaps him. I know. It's very rude. I need to know about this relationship. Like, what is happening? Yeah, she doesn't want him to touch her. Yeah. Even a little bit. It's just her foot. Anyway. Anyway, Bernard's trying to rush back over to the table with Bianca, but Francois comes up to be like, oh, we, we have a an emergency. And he's like, not now, not now. Yeah, I'm busy. Yeah. Buzz off. They have the classic misunderstanding conversation where bernard is talking about getting married and bianca is talking about the mission right because he's like bianca i need to talk to you about something and she's like oh francois already told me i think it's a great idea yeah you do right but they're not on the same page exactly because he's like when did when did he have time to do whatever but he's like yeah you want to you want to he pulls out a little pocketbook and he's like how's next april yeah well she's (laughs) like it's not a matter of wanting darling it's a matter of duty and he's like i never thought about it that way but okay you know and then he's like how's it she's like no we have to go tonight and he's like what it's all so sudden and so they're he's following her out of the restaurant she's like running off you know and he's like don't you need a gown or something and she's like no darling just a pair of khaki shorts and some hiking boots and he goes hiking boots hiking boots it's cute but you know he's like whatever whatever she wants honestly i'm just stoked that she agreed said yes yeah yeah, it's very, like, classic blunder. Yeah. But it's so charming. It's still adorable, yes. yeah. But they get to the Rescue Aid Society to much applause. Yeah, they're the heroes. And they get up on stage, and Bianca is like, we're happy to announce that. And Bernard's just like, eee. And yeah. then she's like, we're taking the mission to Australia immediately. And Bernard's like, what? <laughs> Australia? Yeah, it's that's a huge turnaround. Not only is he not engaged, but now he has to go to Australia immediately. So but, they pack their bags. Yep. They head up. To see Orville, yeah. their old friend who flew them to the bayou last time. It is uh, snowing. I don't know if we mentioned that. It's We did not. It's disgusting. It's like snowing cats There's a dogs. blizzard, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but they make it up onto the roof where Orville's little place is. Mm-hmm. And they knock, but they see a giant sign that says, Under new management, see Wilbur. Yeah. With a big arrow. So they go to the hangar next door, uh-huh. where there is very loud rock music playing. Yeah. And they walk in. And there's a very large bird dancing uh-huh. to said rock music. Yes. He's got a backwards baseball cap on. Yeah. And some goggles. Yeah. And he's cute. And he sounds like John Candy. Because. Weird. He is John Candy. He is. <laughs> yeah. So this is Wilbur. And yeah, he's dancing around and they try to talk to him, but he can't hear over the music. So right. they finally go and turn it off. And then he's like, hey, whoa, hey, hey, who cut the music? But they explain, you know, we have to leave tonight. And he's like, are you fucking kidding like have you seen the outside first he is like enamored with bianca because he's heard about their adventures yeah that they have he's like my brother told me all about you all you know that's very cool oh you want to go to australia how about after the spring thaw 
we can go on a little vacation. And yeah. Bianca's like, no, we have to go right now. Yeah. Because there's a little boy that needs us to save him. Yeah. And this gets Wilbur all worked up. Yeah. He's like, kids should be free. Yeah. Let's go right now. Nobody's going to take away a kid's freedom while I'm around. They know. But in John Candy voice. It's so cute. And this is this is just another scene that I was like, oh man, all the visuals of this scene, mm. him like going over to the cooler and like offer the offering them all these drinks, like, yeah. you know, do you want this coconut one? It's got a little umbrella that comes right. with it. And yes. then he's like, where do you want to go? And he's showing them all the brochures, and they like fold like cloth napkins and not like paper. And I don't know, just the yeah. way that it like yeah, they're just like looks limp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very just... cute. And also that he does an intentional spit take where he takes a sip right before she says we need to leave tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's like. <laughs> again though you're telling me there's a whole society that gathers and they don't have anybody closer to new york they, i guess they yeah Australia. they just have these other mice like planted throughout the world just to help to relay messages but not to help in any way yeah like to help in that it's like you know when they get to the bayou in the first one and it's like there are mice there that are on standby but they yeah. have to wait for, for the, the signal yeah or for the like actual rescue aid society to come in because they know more i don't know it's just really strange yeah i think they need to reassess yeah yeah it's not well organized no like also the albatross is the fastest way that they've figured out how to travel they meet in a fucking airport for god's sake yes and they're just like get on that bird yeah fly <laughs> this, on the bird it's like fat out of shape bird <laughs> <laughs> but anyway yes so i just uh really quickly was like you know, obviously, I'm not going to find out how long it takes a bird to fly from New York to Australia, mm. but let's see how close I can get. And I yeah. actually did find an article about a different kind of bird that flew from Alaska to Australia, mm. which is over, he flew like roughly 8,000 miles, and it took him 10 days. Woo. And from New York to Australia is 10,500 miles. Shit. Cody's going to be crocodile food by then. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I When I was watching this, I was like, oh, I'm going to Google that. And then I saw that you had already yeah. done it. I'm so on I was it. Like, nice. There's no way. But anyway, it's fine. They climb up in his little sardine can. Mm -hmm. uh, the cabin? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the coach. And they take off. <laughs> yeah. The coach. Yeah, and, and it's nasty it, out there. It is really gross. And he is slipping and sliding. But then he dives right off the building. Mm -hmm. He's much like his brother. Mm -hmm. Not great at flying, but mm -hmm. having a good time. Yeah. And so is Bianca. Yep. And she asks him if the flight is nonstop. But he's like, no, we're going to have to hook up with a larger bird yeah so now we see mick leach who is transporting cody across the outback and it is looking hella bleak yeah cody is trying to call for help but you know it's just the big empty yeah you know they pass a bunch of abandoned opal mines but mm -hmm. there's nobody around mm -hmm. which makes me wonder who hung up that flyer and who did they think was gonna see it because <laughs> there's no one around well that's where he's gotta get the animals i guess that's where the animals are so maybe they're like, he'll be here to catch the animals, but then he'll take them home. Yeah. We don't know where he lives, but we know where he hangs out. Hunts. Uh, he starts singing the most fucked up version of Home on the Range, and it's incredibly upsetting. Yeah. Go ahead and sing it for us. Home, home on the range, where the critters are tied up in chains. I cut through their sides, and I rip off their hides, and the next day I do it again. Ugh. What the fuck? Yeah, this movie is much darker than I remembered. It truly is. Uh, fun fact, 
though, kind of, about that. Yeah. George C. Scott does the voice of Mick Leach. Right. But the singing voice here is Frank Welker. Oh, I missed him. I know. Hey, buddy. He also voices Joanna and... Uh, of course. Mara Hute. Aw. I know. Good for him. I know. He's doing so well. We also see Cody's mom calling for him. But, of course, he ain't answering. New. No. So now we see Wilbur and Bianca and Bernard. They are actually on a bigger bird. They're on a plane. A plane. I was like doing all that ranting earlier. And then they yeah. were like, yeah, all right. We're not idiots. We're getting on. A- we have to yeah. go to Australia now. What are you yeah, talking we're about? We're just going to hook up with a plane. It's fine. Yeah. I don't know how they got in there, but they did. That's really not important. They're like no. sleeping. It's none of my business, really. In the wheel well. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, okay, we're almost here. So they wake up Wilbur. He rolls over on them, squishes them a little bit. But yeah. they get him up. They're ready to go. And so they just kind of dive out of the plane once the once the wheels Doors are open up, yeah. yeah for the wheels to come out and he says all right next stop mugwomp falls right so we meet jake and sparky mm-hmm. jake is a kangaroo rat mm-hmm. and sparky is a fly yeah and he's so cute he's very cute and it makes me miss even rude yep but he does a good job yeah i love the ability to make things that don't speak so expressive yeah it's one of my favorite things about cartoons yes it's so cute and this one does a really good job of yeah. it yeah so Wilbur somehow calls in and says he's coming in for a landing, mm-hmm. and Jake is like an albatross, and he gets out a, a chart of bird sizes, which yeah. was in my brain. Yes. And he's like, albatross, 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 looking to see how big it is, and yeah. it's the biggest one. Yes. And he's like, uh, don't land here. You're yeah. too big. Yeah, my runway is too short. Yeah. Which I'm like, just land on the ground, you stupid bird. <laughs> yeah, he thinks he's a plane. It's okay. And Wilbur is like, I can land this thing on a dime. Mm-hmm. No. He cannot. But so Jake and Sparky improvise a longer runway and basically get him, he goes down, comes back around, and like, he's just still flopping all over the place. And Gets Jake's like- on a bra. <laughs> we gotta, they, yeah, we have to make a drag line. And so yeah. they stop him on a bra. They finally get him to a complete stop. And Jake is all cranky. He's like, you know, who the hell do you think you are? You didn't listen Fucking to me, whatever. Yankees rah, rah, rah. Yeah. They can just do whatever. Exactly. But then, of course, he sees Miss Bianca and is just absolutely smitten yeah. and takes her very light handbag from her. It's like, oh, let me help you. And then we see Bernard, who's carrying like five laid boxes. in with all the yeah, or suitcases. Suitcases. Yeah. Which Wilbur offers to help. And then immediately throws out his back, but just him, like, holding their little mouse-sized suitcases with his, like, wingtips. Yeah. And he's like, ooh, take the back, take the back, take the back, take the back. <laughs> They're, like, wiggling. He's like, ah. It's very cute. Very cute, yes. But so Wilbur has to go to the bird hospital. Which is uh, not the place that you want to be. No, it's messed up. It's... This part of the movie... Menacing? Is very dark. It's incredibly dark. And I don't understand why it's there. I I don't either. I do think that they wanted John Candy to have a bigger role in the movie. Yeah. So they needed an excuse, but they could have thought of literally anything else (sighs) than the creepy-ass, like, one flew over the cuckoo's nest type shit that goes on. It's very creepy. And it's just, like, it's unsettling. I think they tried to make it, like, tee-hee jokes, but, like... I don't like it. No. So it's just like a sideways medical van from like the army. Yeah. That had like, it looks like it crashed. Yeah. And they've set it up as a hospital. Yeah. And they like lower him down in there and he's like, no, 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 you got to let me go. I'm fine. Like everything's fine. And then they're going to shoot him with tranquilizers and he's still resisting. So they do it again. It's just like double barrel shotgun tranquilizers in the butt. Yep. And then he screams a lot. And it's, uh, it just makes me 
very upset because Wilbur's like crying through the whole thing. He is. He's very uncomfortable. He's tied up. Yeah. He's hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. And, and he's in pain. Yeah. Yeah. It's just all bad. Yeah. It's bad. And it's like... I like the cute ways that the mice in both movies, like, figure out how to do tasks in the larger world. You yeah. Know? They've, like, come up with all these cute little contraptions. Yeah. And it's great. But this one is bad. <laughs> yes. No. It's really upsetting. I don't know that they could have made, like, a hospital scene not upsetting, but this one is incredibly upsetting. Because yeah. the, the doctor just seems so sadistic. And then all the nurse mice are all just like giggling the whole time yeah and they're like ready when you are doctor like yeah. the squeaky high voices right and it's just like i don't know and they're just completely ignoring him his like please yeah they're like this is what's good for you will but i don't know i just all of it is just mm-hmm. uh terrible the only remotely kind of fun thing yeah is that the lady who voiced all the nurse mice's also voiced Minnie Mouse for 33 years. Oh, how nice. From 1986 until 2019. Okay. Yeah. Good for her. I know. She's good at lady mices, I guess. <laughs> Tortured by Minnie Mouse. <laughs> so, Bernard and Bianca, trying to figure out where they're going. Mm-hmm. Bernard has a big old map, and yeah. Jake is, like, sitting up away from them, looking down on them. Yeah. Says, so, you and your husband here on holiday. Mm-hmm. And Bianca is like, oh, we're not married. Yep. And Jake is like, ooh, an open door. Yeah. Swoop. Raises his eyebrow. Oh, yeah. And he just jumps down. Yeah. And Bernard tries to flex. He's like, we're actually on an incredibly top secret mission. Mm -hmm. And Jake's like, oh, are you here to save that little boy that got kidnapped by McLeach? Yeah. And they're just like, oh, how'd you know about that? And he's like, it's the Outback. You can't keep secrets out here. No rules. Just Just right. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) do they still use that? Are we going to get sued? It's fine. (laughs) He then tries to psych Bernard out by looking at his map. And he's like, oh, which way are you going to take? Suicide Trail? Satan's Canyon? Yeah. Fucking Certain Death Ridge? Like, just all of these names of things. And Bernard's like, I don't I don't see any of this on the map. And Jake's like, you don't need a map. You need a guide. But I think that it's a fucked up concept. Like, okay, like death, whatever. Kids, yeah. kids can handle death. They can handle the concept of it. Like, it might make them a little sad, but they're people and they'll figure it out. I don't think that the concept of suicide should be introduced to children no. before it's necessary. Well, and they could have done so many other things like, oh, crocodile. are you going to go to Crocodile Pond? Are you going to go to, right? you know, the big scary hole in the ground? Like, it didn't have to be... Abstract concepts of danger. It could have been right. literal danger. <laughs> yes. But they say... Satan's Ridge. Like, come on. Suicide trail. Yeah. And then they even double down on it because Bernard's like, Su- uh, suicide trail? And he's like, good choice. So just to ma- in case you didn't yeah. hear it the first time, we're going to make sure that you say it again. Yeah. So you're like, mom, what's suicide? It's oh. when you mix all the sodas together. Truly. <laughs> That is true. We did used to call it that when I was in, when I played we softball. All, we all did. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It's just when you mix all the sodas together. It's just very sticky. You don't want to go that way. <laughs> Certainly Too not. Much sugar. Uh-huh. Anyway, Jake's like, what you need is a guide. And yeah. Bianca's like, oh, please, will you take us? And he's like, of course I will. And boom, just like that, Bernard is third wheeling on his own excursion. Yeah. And then we cut to the rangers looking for Cody. Mm-hmm. As Jake and Bernard and Miss Bianca are traveling on the back of a sugar glider. Yeah. And they they land and uh, Bernard, Berno, is having a hard time hanging on. And he is just 
holding on to the tail of yeah. the sugar glider and gets flung when they land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets flung. Like that one scene in The Land Before Time where Ducky gets like flung through the brush and then she's alone for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He lands in this bush and just comes out covered in burrs. I know. Like his little hands and feet are sticking out and then his head and his little hat. Yes. But then it's just like, it's just burrs. It's kind of cute. It's very cute. Yeah. In a sad way. Uh, deep underground, we see that McLeach has tied Cody up and he has sat him in front of a map. Yeah. With all these words on it again. Uh-huh. Satan's Ridge. Yeah. Death's Corner. Uh-huh. Death's Corner. <laughs> Death's Front Door. <laughs> <laughs> and he's uh throwing knives at Cody. Yeah. He's like, tell me where that bird is. Is she over in Crocodile Falls? And like fucking hucks a knife at the map and it like... Almost hits him. Almost hits him yeah. a couple times. Because he's trying to threaten him, obviously. But it's just like, Jesus Christ. But Cody won't give up this information. No. And Joanna is chillaxing in a little kiddie pool tub yeah. and eating animal crackers. Yeah. That's uh, really cute. petition for Joanna to be a Disney princess. I know. I love her so much. Like, I know that she's quote unquote bad, but that's just because, you know, McLeach is bad. Yeah. She if she hung good. out with the right people, maybe she could be good. The way that she's animated is so fun and I love her little face. I know. She's so fluid. Yeah. So now we see Bianca, who is pulling all the burrs from Bernard's fur. More like Bernard. Am I right? <sighs> Yeah. Yes. She gets the last <laughs> burr off of Bernard and he attempts to propose again, but is interrupted because here comes a giant snake upon which Jake is riding. Yeah. And he wrangles it with a little tiny rope, mm -hmm. gets it under control, and then he says, We got a long way to go, and you're gonna take us there, and you're not gonna give us any trouble about it, right? Yep. And the snake's just like, Fuck, dude, no, I guess not. Why are you so aggressive? Yeah. So aggro. They say aggro in Australia. Probably. They say everything else. Oh. Right. Berno. And he says, you just gotta look him in the eye and tell him who's boss. Yeah. And the little snake looks really sad. Yeah. And I just want to ruin the magic a bit by reminding everyone that snakes don't have eyelids. <laughs> so they cannot look sad. No. <laughs> they just look the same all they, the time. They really do all look... I know. It's so creepy to be like, are you asleep? But... <laughs> Bianca and Jake are once again riding up on the head of this creature. Yeah. And Bernard is on the literal tail end. Just sitting there all defeated. I know. It's so sad. And then McLeach is, throws Cody into a cage and tells him maybe after he spends a night down there, he'll reconsider. Mm-hmm. Slams Joanna's tail in the door on the way out. Cody's like yelling at him. I'll never tell you where she is. I'll never tell. Do you hear me? And then we see a little like lizard. Boop up out of the hay in yeah. his cage and runs over and he's like yeah we'll never tell yeah he's yelling and then we get to meet all these other animals mm -hmm. and the little lizard's name is frank which yes. i remembered you were right and he's a frilled lizard yes he's There's very cute red a kangaroo mm -hmm. and a cranky old koala named krebs who is voiced by douglas seal who voiced the sultan in aladdin that's why he sounds familiar yeah this part should be more fun yep there's this a ton of animals, is, and they all talk. It's dark. Except for the kookaburra for some and reason. And it's not fun. No! It's incredibly dark, because Krebs has just resigned himself to his fate. Yeah. You know, Cody's like, we gotta figure out a way out of here, and Krebs is like, oh, sure, we're all gonna get out of here, no problem. You'll go as a wallet, you'll be a pair of shoes, you'll be a belt, and you'll be... And Frank's like, no, I don't want to hear it. And he's like, a, a ladies, purse! A lady's purse. <laughs> yeah, a nice lady's purse. He makes, he waits until Frank like thinks the coast is clear and unplugs his ears and is like, a purse. Yeah, and does a little, he does a little sachet. Yeah. Like he's a lady with it's... a purse. <laughs> I'm 
a lady, you see. <laughs> it's fucked up. But Frank is like, listen, there are keys over there. If we could just get them, we would be fine. Yeah. And Cody's like, listen, I got a human brain. I got human hands. Let's figure this out. Yeah, we can do it. So they start to work on their little escape plan. Mm -hmm. There are some long pieces of wood leaned against one wall and they reach out and, you know, grab them. And then a snake tosses some shoelaces to tie all the woods together. Yeah. They get this one thing with like a hook on it. Mm -hmm. And they're all working together in tandem to get the keys off the hook. It's great. Yeah. And the minute that they do it, Joanna sticks her head in. Yep. Smashes the whole contraption. Mm -hmm. Puts the keys back where they go. Yeah. The whole time, though, Cody is just so like, it's okay. We'll just try again. You know, yeah. just take take He's your time and don't give up. And Frank. It's really sweet. Yeah. yeah, I love it. But then they all kind of give up at this moment. Cody's <laughs> just like, well, shit. And they all just kind of retreat into their cages. But Frank is like, no, no, no. It's fine. I'll pick the lock of the cage with my tail. Yeah. And he just loops his tail around and sticks it in there he's like i'll just push it in like this and turn it to the right like this and then i'll wiggle it around like this and yeah. i'll like i'll just give it up dude oh no and it's uh dark and sad it is <laughs> it is that yeah it's all of those things why is it i don't know why is it that it could have not been that mm -hmm. so bernard bianca and jake are riding fireflies a la fern gully yeah wilbur meanwhile is back to being tortured by the doctor mice <sighs> yep the doctor Asks for an epidermal tissue disruptor, which is an entire chainsaw. Uh, yeah. Being, like, suspended with ropes uh -huh. above him. By some mice. Yeah. So, like, obviously you shouldn't use chainsaws for operations for anybody. Nope. But especially if you don't have the hands with which to operate it. Not a lot of precision going into no, this. No, it's like a chainsaw marionette. Yes. <laughs> chainsaw marionette is... <laughs> A fucking cool metal band name, <laughs> but terrible for operating. Not for surgery. No. But this scares Wilbur so much that he escapes, essentially. Like, yes. he runs away. They pull him back in, and he falls onto his back, which mm -hmm. cures him. Yeah. It fixes him. Yeah. And he has squished the doctor. Yes. <laughs> which he deserved. He did. The mouse doctor's face is such a very specific face. Like, he, a lot of, most of the other mice just look like mice. Yeah. He has a very specific face, and I don't know if it's a reference to something or if it's just, like, he just looks like classic creepy doctor. You yeah. Know? He's very, like, sallow. Yeah, and his, like, nose is super upturned and, like, long, and then he's yeah. got, like, the little pince-nez glasses, and yeah, I don't know. He's not cute. No. He is creepy looking. And he's not even the same, like, color as all the other mice. Right. I do think about him every time I put on rubber gloves and yeah, I snap them because he's like, ooh, that's smart. Yeah. <laughs> and I think about it, I'm just like, snap. I think about this little mouse like putting on his gloves. I do that at work sometimes. I put on my gloves for, to put on color and they don't snap. But sometimes I'm just like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Disappointment. So the rangers have delivered Cody's backpack to his mother. Yeah. Sad face. Well, a radio broadcast explains that the search has been called off because they believe him to be a victim of the crocodiles. Yep. Which McLeach is listening to the report and is very pleased with himself. But he still can't figure out how to get Cody to tell him where the eagle is. Yeah. And he does the thing all humans do. I need some food. Yeah, I can't think on an empty stomach. Right. I gotta get up. Need some eggs. Right. Which the word eggs awakens joanna from a deep slumber and she's yeah. like oh fuck yeah i love eggs fucking love eggs she crawls over there i do like this scene a lot it's a very good scene um it's just very like 
very Laurel and Hardy, like, kind of classic. Like, yeah. Yeah, so it's McLeach at a counter with a, like, a lunchbox full of eggs, basically. Yeah. And he's talking out loud to himself, trying to figure out what to do about Cody. And every time he's not looking at the lunchbox, Joanna gets in it and gets an egg. But we only hear the lid, like, lift and close. Yeah. It's like, like a little... Creak, clank. Yeah. And he keeps trying to move it so that she can't reach it, but he's also preoccupied with his thoughts. Yeah. And it's just, it's, the background is blacked out, so it's just this very, like, yeah. choreographed dance of egg stealing. Yes. And it's, <laughs> it's very, very cute. It is cute. I like it. And but- him trying to, yeah, outsmart her while he's trying to, like, think of this, you know, but she also, like, you know, she's so long and reaches her tail around, taps him on the shoulder, so he thinks that she's on one side. Yeah. She, but it's just like, yeah, and then the noises. And then he finally slams her fingers down in it. He's like, eh, hey, I caught your hands in the cookie jar. As he realizes, like, oh, it's the eggs. That's that's how I get, you know, Cody to figure it out. And then he opens up his little lunchbox and all of his eggs are missing. Yep, and he starts yelling at Joanna and he's like, I give you all the other eggs. Yeah. Don't eat my eggs. Yeah. These are not Joanna eggs. These are not Joanna eggs. Actually, yeah, I got it backwards. Because, yeah, he's yelling at her. He's like, I'll give you, you know, platypus eggs. And I'll give you these kind of eggs. Well, I'll even give you eagle eggs. And then he's like, oh, eagle's eggs. Yep. That's what I gotta do. So, back in the sad room of sadness, mm-hmm. Frank is still trying to pick the lock with his tail. But he has pretty much fallen asleep. Yeah. And in his sleepy state, he has managed to unlock the door. Yeah. And doesn't realize it. Nope. But the, all the other animals see it happen and yell at him. Yeah. Wake him up and they're like, go get the keys. Frank, you're free. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and he goes over and he can't reach it. And he, they're like, get something to stand on. And he gets a literal like flat board. Yeah. Like just a little piece of plywood. That it gives just him like half of an inch. Not help at all. This scene, though, it makes me really uncomfortable because he is. is yelling the whole time. Yeah. And they're all like, shh. You know, it's so tense mm-hmm. because he has this opportunity to get the keys and he's screaming about it. Yeah. And they're like, Joanna will hear you. And they keep shushing him and it just doesn't work. He's not getting it. He's not paying attention. Which and it just frustrates me. It is frustrating, but it is also... We've only known this character for a few minutes. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like what Frank would do. Yeah. He is very, like, animated. Yeah. But he understands the danger of the situation that they're in. He just saw Joanna come in and, you know. It's true. So this, it doesn't feel congruent with with what we just the saw. character that they yeah. created in that first scene. Which I think adds to the frustration because I'm like, I just, uh, this feels like false tension and I don't like it. Yeah, that's fair. Also, he's a fucking lizard. He can just climb up the wall. Exactly. I mean, you can't reach it. Climb up the wall, Frank. Anyway, he does finally get them, but Joanna shows up right at that moment again. Mm-hmm. They have a big chase through the room. Yeah. Cody does end up with the keys, uh-huh. but Joanna lands on a shotgun because this movie is just full of guns and there's just guns everywhere. Yeah. Accidentally shoots it. This gets McLeach's attention right as Cody is trying to, like, unlock all the other animals' padlocks. And, you know, he takes Cody out of the room. He locks all the animals back up. Yeah. And he's like, Tell your little friends bye, because it's the last time you're going to see them. I just realized that we don't ever see these animals again. We don't. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> we You don't ever see them again. No. Like, Shh. hopefully they get freed, but if not, they're just going to starve. They're just down there. Yeah. To die. Mm-hmm. In cages. Tight. Hopefully, because we don't see... The movie does end pretty abruptly, so maybe yeah. they go back. 
and, and let them, them all out. Yeah. God, I hope so. I just have never thought of, in all of the times that I've watched it, I've never thought about the fact that we truly do not ever see these animals again. Yep. Well, anyway. So we see Bernard and company who have made it. Yeah. To, to the little compound the, yeah. thing. Yeah. And the door is, I mean, just fucking enormous because he has to get that vehicle through it. Right. So it's like super huge. But so they're like, well, I don't know. We'll just dig under it. So they just pass out like sticks and they mm-hmm. start digging. And then Jake immediately stops to do a cool guy lean. Yeah, digging isn't sexy, I guess. And, uh, you know, tips his hat back and he's like, has anybody tried open sesame? And unfortunately, it fucking works. Yes. Well, it doesn't work, but it seems like it works because right then McLeach is leaving mm-hmm. and he opens the door. And so they're like hanging on to it and they end up like at the very top mm-hmm. and they see Cody come running out and they're like, oh shit, that's him. Which, I don't know how Bianca knows that. They don't have pictures of him. But it doesn't matter. Little blonde boy with no Australian accent. Go save him. <laughs> Sticks out like a sore thumb. <laughs> and so McLeach is like, you know, get out of here. I just heard on the radio that they shot that bird. She's dead. You know, bang, shot her right out of the sky. And I didn't get to shoot her. And it's all your fault. So right. get out of here before I change my mind. And Cody's just like, okay, I'm not, you know, gonna hang look around. a gift kangaroo in the mouth. So he takes off running. But mm-hmm. then McLeach is like, to joanna out loud man sure is a shame about those eggs they're not gonna survive without their mother right and cody hears this and is like well better do something yeah and cody heads in the direction of the eggs and mcleach gets in the loudest vehicle ever designed to follow him yeah i mean i don't know what else cody could do what he just sits down on the side of the road and goes you know fuck you take me home but he could just go home yeah and Instead then, of leading him to the eagle eggs. Right. He's clearly right behind you, dude. You can hear him like a mile off. Yeah. So Jake, Jake, Bernard, and Bianca are still above and they see McLeach start to drive away and they're like, okay, we have to jump down mm-hmm. onto this vehicle. Yeah. And they do, but at the last second, and then they nearly get crushed because they land on the treads of the weird tires. Right. And... It, I know that they don't die, but it's very nerve-wracking. Yeah. Watching them almost get squished over and over. Yeah, it's terrifying. But Jake saves them, and then they are hanging out. Mm-hmm. We see Wilbur flying through the clouds, sees some pink cranes, and he's like, Hey, ladies, have you seen any two, have you seen two little mice running around? And they he's get offended for some reason. struggling so hard to fly, yeah. too. <laughs> he's I know, like, I gotta go on a diet when I get home. Make it look so easy, like yeah. they're just gliding, and he's just like, Whoo, that headwind. Yeah, he's like, <gasps> you guys seen any mice? <laughs> yeah, but they think that this is gross for some reason, and they leave. He's like, I'm serious, I'm looking for two little mice. Yeah. Whatever. Cody has reached the cliffs and just climbs right over the edge to go find the eagle's nest. Yep. And then McLeach pulls to a stop not 30 seconds after, because again, he's been following him this entire time. Yep. But the mice get off. They also climb down. Everybody makes it down to the eagle's nest, and Cody is there, like, covering them with grass. Yeah. And the mice are like, hey, we're here to help you. Yeah. Yeah, they're finally in the same place. Yeah. Cody and the mice. So we're at the 56 minute mark of this, I believe, 76 minute long movie. Shit. And this is the first time that Bernard, Bianca, and Cody have been in the same scene. Yeah. Which a lot of people complained about. Hmm. But I'm like, you know what? Gary Oldman and Bruce Willis are never in the same scene throughout the entirety of The Fifth Element. And everybody loves that movie. So shut up. That's fair. I do miss, though... That, like, Bernard, Bianca had a relationship with Penny. And they don't really get that with Cody at all. Yeah. They're more just like, hi, we're mice and we're here. Right. And he's just like, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. 
It's true. Yeah, they don't have any kind of connection with him. But also, I mean, it's about, you know, it's this perilous journey that they're both going through. I don't know. I'm kind of okay with it because it makes this movie so different from the other movie. You know, it still has the same feel, but it's Mm. not like Home Alone and Home Alone 2 where they're like, copy, paste, Christmas eyes. Right. Actually, they're both about Christmas, but you know what I mean. Copy, paste, add snow. Yeah. Big city this time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's a very different movie. Yeah. So I'm, I'm okay with it. Well, I'm not, so I'm leaving. Fuck. <laughs> but Bianca is trying to explain that Cody that he's in grave danger. He's like, she's trying to say, McLeach followed you here. Right. But Cody hears Marahote in the distance, and yeah. Bernard quickly is like, listen, McLeach is waiting on the cliff mm-hmm. to trap her. Yeah. So Cody tries to yell out to Marahote, mm-hmm. but she does not hear. Mm-hmm. And McLeach catches her in a giant, scary net. It is very scary. He, like, shoots a rocket at her, and then it explodes, and then it becomes a net that, like, catches her and wraps around her, and it's terrifying. Yeah. It's not even... I wouldn't even call it a net, because you can't see through it. It's not netting. It's just, like, a a blanket. Canvas thing. Yeah. Yeah. But as McLeach is pulling Marahote up in that, up Mm -hmm. the cliff, Cody just jumps out onto it. Yeah. It has his little knife and starts to, like, cut the ropes. I know. You're right. He has absolutely no sense of danger. He's just like, well, here I go. Yeah. But so McLeach sees him and he's like, damn it. I gotta get rid of this child. That fucking kid again. So he grabs the rope and just starts shaking it. Mm -hmm. And Cody almost falls off, but his foot gets caught in one of the ropes and he's dangling there upside down by one foot. Bianca and Jake hop on to Mm -hmm. save Cody, but they're being pulled up more quickly than Bernard can jump out. So he's left in the nest. Yes. Jake ties a lasso around cody's foot yes as though one little mouse is gonna hang on to him and stop him from falling but yeah it's fine it works yeah they make it so cody and marahote and bianca and jake end up back in the back of mcleach's big truck thing Mm -hmm. where and yeah bernard is left behind yeah with the eggs and mcleach turns to joanna and asks if she wants to eat the eagle eggs he says this is a really rare bird do you want to make sure that it stays rare yes which of course she does she this just wants to eat eggs. <laughs> is really cute. Yeah. Because he puts a harness on her. Yeah. And I'm like, you could just walk her. I you know. Could, she could, you could just go oh, man. I would love harness. I would love to have a giant lizard that loved going on walks. I know. Whatever kind. I don't care. So cute. But he, she is scared of the descent down to mm-hmm. the nest. So he just throws her off a yep. cliff, basically, and then lowers her down to it. Yep. And she goes to, she finds the eggs, and she goes to eat them, but when she puts her mouth on one, one little tooth falls off. Yeah. And then she tries to, like, open it with her claws, and it, like, grinds all of her claws down. So yes. she just has little stumps. I know. And then she tries to, like, drop one on top of the other, and it falls mm-hmm. on her tail. And yeah. And just, like, won't crack, so she's like, whatever, and just, like, pushes the eggs into the canyon. Yeah. Pulls on the rope to be pulled back up. Yeah. And then just leaves. Yeah. But then we see Bernard. Uh-huh. Who has hidden the eggs from sight. Yeah. Because we see, like, as she's being pulled up, she, like, hits her head on this little, like, cave, and a egg-shaped rock falls out of the ceiling. Yeah. It's like, oh, they're rocks. Yeah, and so Bernard is sitting there with the little eggs, and he's just, like, talking to them and patting them, yeah. and it's very cute. Yeah, he's like, you guys he's are okay. He's just kind of like, hmm, what are we going to do? But then Wilbur shows up. Mm-hmm. And Bernard explains to him that McLeach got everybody 
you know, Cody, Jake, Miss Bianca. He's like, oh shit, Miss Bianca's in trouble. We gotta save her. Yeah. But he says, you know, Wilbur, he has, takes him a second to get his attention. Wilbur, we need your help right here. He says, there's some chicks right here that need your help. Mm-hmm. And Wilbur's like, there's no fucking way I'm sitting on those eggs. And then we cut, of course, to Wilbur sitting on the eggs. And he says, aw, nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so now we see McLeach again driving back to his like how he's got the bird in tow he's so excited talking yeah. to joanna about it yeah we fucking got her you yeah, know I'm like be filthy rich yeah everything's great yeah and then cody's screaming at him and he's like right i gotta deal with this child of course yeah so he's like all right yeah and bianca says to cody don't worry bernard is still out there he'll come save us yeah and jake backs her up and then t- to the side he's like good bluff miss bianca yeah and she's like i'm not bluffing like Bernard, you don't know him like I do. Yes. He's going to save us. It's very sweet. Bernard, however, is incredibly far away. Yeah. He can see the trail and he's running along, like following the treads. But I mean, he's just one little mouse. What can one little mouse do? Not very much, it turns yeah. out. You know, he's doing his level best, but it's far away. But what he does do is find a big old hog. Yeah. And he uses Jake's animal handling technique. Grabs him by the front little teeth and is like, listen. He like slams him down on the ground. I know. And he tells him the same thing. You know, I got a long way to go and you're going to take me there. You're not going to give me any trouble, right? And the hog's like, no, dude, uh, yikes. You could have just asked. Let's go. Yeah. Now get. And so they (laughs) get. And then we see McLeach using Cody as crocodile (sighs) bait. And it's fucking scary. Yeah, he is very excited. This is the part where he sings, You get a line, I'll get a pole, we'll go down to the crocodile hole. Yeah. It's disturbing. He's excited. Because it's like... He's lowering him down on like a crane and keeps dipping him into this like giant pond pond full of of, crocodiles. And like to add to the creepiness, it's gotten dark. And so Mm -hmm. he has to turn on like one of those giant like ka-chunk lights. Like a spotlight. yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know, he's singing so loudly and it's echoing, which makes it creepier. This is the part I remembered. I was like, isn't there a pit with crocodiles again? Yes. And it was this. Yeah, yeah, this part. Yeah, he dunks him down in the water and is like getting all the crocodiles riled up. And he's about to do it again when everything just like shuts down. Mm -hmm. And so he goes to look and the hog is just like running out like the front of his car. Yeah. And that's where he's like, Joanna, do you know there was a Razorback in my truck? And she's like, yes. I mean, no. And he's like, there's a Razorback in my truck. <laughs> so he goes to look for the keys, which are just gone for some reason. Mm-hmm. And we see that Bernard has them. Yeah. And he's hiding under the gas pedal. Yeah. And then he runs away and he's like sneaking around. But then we see him like creeping and Joanna is creeping like right behind him. Yeah. And then they turn and around then... and make eye contact. Yeah. And so she chases him. But Bernard manages to throw the keys up to Bianca. And then she and Jake do this thing, like, up the side of the cage on the truck where they're passing the keys back and forth to get yeah. up. And McLeach pulls a gun out of his truck. Uh-huh. And uses the sight to try and shoot the rope that is holding Cody up. Yeah. It's terrifying. Because he says, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Shoots it. Misses the first time. Hits the second time, but he's still hanging on by, like, a literal thread. Which also, like, not to give um, a poacher child murdering tips, but he's, like, tied to your truck. You could just untie him. Not manly enough. to From from the truck. Untying knots is gay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he nearly gets through it. But then we see Bernard, who runs up. He just goes, 
man, I hope I know what I'm doing, and squarely kicks Joanna in the face, yeah. which is rad. With his little mouse foot. And then he goes running off, and she chases him, and he like runs up McLeach's leg, and so Joanna follows, and she pushes him into the water. Right. So the crocodiles are all like, damn, we had a little boy that we maybe could have ate, but now here's a whole man. Yeah, there's a whole man in the water that we don't have to jump for. Yeah, this is a reference to how Joanna did that earlier. Yeah. Where she, the mouse ran up McLeach's leg. Yeah. She jumped on him. He fell in the pit. Yes. And that's what just happened again. But Bernard wasn't there to see that. Maybe this was just a thing all mice know. But yes. it just seems strange. That's true. I didn't even I didn't think about that. But you're absolutely right. It's the same scene. Mm-hmm. But the crocodiles are pursuing McLeach. The rope holding Cody finally snaps and he falls into the water. Yeah. He, the way that he is tied up, he can't swim. Right. So Bernard jumps in after him, grabs the end of the rope, and manages to, like, tie it to a branch yeah. to keep him from going any further down the river. He's so brave. He is. McLeach thinks that he has fought off the crocodiles because he's yelling at them and waving his waterlogged gun at them mm-hmm. because they stop and they turn around. And he's like, yeah, nobody messes with me. Yeah. And he floats past Joanna, who is on the bank. And she yeah. just, like, wiggles her little fingers at him. <laughs> yeah. And Bye-bye. then he sees that he's about to go over a waterfall. Uh-huh. Which he does. Yes. Surely he is dead now. That's a big waterfall. It's very tall. They're not out of the woods yet, though, because the branch that is holding Cody snaps, and he and Bernard also go over the waterfall. But Jake and Bianca manage to get the cage open just in time, and they ride Marahote to Cody, catching him before he hits the bottom again. Mm-hmm. And then... Bernard very quickly is like, before anything else happens, I have a question. Will you marry me? And yeah. she's like, of course I will. Yeah. And that's it. That's the end. Yeah, that really is the end. He, Cody just says, let's go home. And they presumably do. Hopefully they go save the rest of those animals. Yeah. We get a tiny scene of Wilbur still sitting on the eggs and being like, hello, I'm stuck here. Uh, This sucks. Hi. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then he feels one of the eggs hatch, and he's like, dang it, don't do that. Yeah, and then get back in that egg. <laughs> but bones, then he's like, oh, you guys are cute. Bones crunch. Yeah. Because one of them bites him. Yeah. Coochie, coochie, coochie. <laughs> and then it bites him, and he screams. The end. The end. Um, I wanted to see the baby eagles, first of all. Uh-huh. Because baby birds are really ugly, but cute. Yep. Second of all, it was a very abrupt ending. Yep. Third of all, they didn't even sing the Rescue Aid Society song. No. Why? I don't know. That's the best part. I know. I wanted to have it stuck in my head for three weeks. I know. I feel like when you talk about the rescuers, people always remember this one first, especially our age. Yes. But they do remember the Rescue Aid Society song. Huh. You're right. So why isn't it in this movie? I don't know. There are no songs in this movie. I know. There's mostly just the one song that continues through the movie. Yeah. It like keeps... The adventure song yeah, keeps just coming like, back in. Yeah. The beginning, yeah. But the end. The end. Yeah, just like, whoosh, we're done. Get out of here. <laughs> I know. The guy's We've dead. We've put you so through enough. You're fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the guy's dead and the eagle's safe. But Cody reuniting with his mom. Yeah, that would have been nice to see him freeing all the animals. Would have been nice to yeah, see. them out of there. Yeah, I don't know. Marahote reunited with her babies. Yeah, she getting, yeah, her getting to see her like little babies hatched would have been... Bernard and Just... Bianca's wedding. So, <laughs> with Jake of... as the as a groomsman. Yeah, there are a lot of things that could have been tied up. Yeah. What if they showed like the the groomsman line, and it was like Jake, that snake, <laughs> that warthog, uh-huh. Wilbur, Orville. Uh-huh. 
Yep. That yeah, would, there are a it. lot of good uh, groomsmen options. Frank, Red, Krebs. We could have seen all of them at the wedding. Aww. It would have tied up everything real quickly. Yeah. And then we have uh, just Bianca and Marahote. <laughs> <laughs> and Falou. I think that was a lady kicking yeah. her at the beginning. So she can be there. And uh, that's it. And I want them to fly in Francois to do... <gasps> to be the... Yes, offici- to officiate. Offici- officiant. The aficionado. Right. <laughs> The antificionado, whatever he is, oh, whatever boy. kind of bug he is. Anyway, ambiguous. That's the end. Is the... it a replay or a rewind for you? It's a replay. It's there are just so many parts of it. Even though, and I mentioned it at some point in the notes, where I was like, I genuinely do not know if this movie is good or not. Yeah, I cannot separate the mm. nostalgia that I feel for it from. I cannot objectively look at this movie. I don't know. It yeah. might be bad. Yeah, no, but I, get I it. love it. I. It's a replay for me too. Yeah. Because there are parts that the nostalgia does feel really good. Yes. But I have some thoughts. Yeah. And I mentioned it earlier, but there is very little joy in this movie. Yeah. The only fun, quote unquote, fun part is when he's flying with Marahote in the beginning. Yeah. The rest of it, the stakes are too high. Yep. For an enjoyable kids movie. Yeah. And there aren't the only, like, relationships that we see... Are McLeach and Joanna. Yeah, and which Bernard is and Bianca. Terribly abusive. Yeah. And so it's kind of like there aren't really any like fun friendships that we get to see. Yeah, we like get a glimpse of like Jake and Sparky being friends. You know, they like play checkers or whatever. So right. there's like but then he disappears forever. Oh, he calls him a wise fly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just wish that like, it just needs more. It's yeah, not they don't that take long. advantage of being in Australia. Yes. There isn't a lot of like yeah, there's not a lot of fun. There could be a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. And I wish that the animals... I, w- I wish the animals underground that were trapped, that scene wasn't so depressing. Yeah. And I wish the hospital scene hadn't happened. Agree. Everything else... Yeah, take the hospital parts out. Have Wilbur go do something fun. Yeah. I mean, I understand that he's, like, trying... He feels this sense of obligation. He's like, no, I have to go help those mice. Mm-hmm. And so if we saw him doing something fun... Then it wouldn't be... He could get into mishaps because he can't find them. Yeah. You know, they could have done anything. Yeah, it doesn't have to be time. held against his will in a hospital setting Shot that is in the butt. scary. I know, kids and are him already crying. afraid of going to the doctor. Yeah. It's like not necessary. They even could have had a hospital scene where if Wilbur was just like, what are you guys doing? You know, if he was just not taking it seriously and he was like, or he was like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not like flat. When you go along with a joke, uh, just like appeasing, like he's like trying to appease them. That's not quite the word I'm looking for. He's just playing along. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, okay, sure. You know, yeah, you guys are going to cure me. Okay. And you know, they're like, and he finally is like, all right, I got to go help those. You know, I've, I've wasted enough time here or something like that. But the fact that he is crying yeah and pleading for like his life and to let him go and they shoot him just makes it so and they get a chainsaw scary and unsettling it's too much i'm gonna think of that word two hours from now Mm -hmm. anyway um did it make you cry no no me neither no i don't think there were any parts that were super emotional nope not like the first one nope if they had shown a scene where cody was reunited with his mom yeah, that or might have made me cry. Where Cody was sad, yeah, because of his mom. Yep. You know, where he was like, "Oh, I'm, I bet my mom's worried about me." Yep. 
he doesn't really, he doesn't think of his mom while he's kidnapped at all. No, he's in a lot of peril though. You well, know, he's just like, though, let me get out of this. Yeah, he sleeps that's there. That's true. They yeah. could have shown him. Maybe he thinks about her. We just don't see it, but we don't see it, and yeah. so we don't know. But humoring. That's the word I was looking oh, for. Yeah. If Wilbur was just humoring these mice and being yes. like, oh, yep, you, you got me. You got to fix me. Oh, yeah. th- thanks for the tiny band-aid, you little bitty mice. You know, because they're little bitty mice. Right. That would have been better. Yes. Anyway. Anyway. So, came out November 16th, 1990. Mm. And if that date sounds familiar, it's because it's the same exact day that Home Alone came out. Oh, that seems uh, like bad planning. Which absolutely crushed this movie. Yeah. So, this movie came out the same exact day as Home Alone. The same week as Rocky V and... I already forgot one other movie that was like a huge box office success. Yeah. And so this movie did not do very well. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't find the budget anywhere. Huh. But it made only forty-seven point four million. I mean, that's that's it's not okay. bad. Hey, yeah. And that's about what the other Rescuers movie made. Yeah. I think that one made forty-one million, and they considered that a huge success. Yeah. Money but was I think different twenty years later, though. It's true. <laughs> it's true. And also. There was a lot of there was a lot more computer animation in this one, so yeah. I imagine it cost more to make. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so it made forty seven point four million. It has a seventy one on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty good. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, as far as the reception goes, Roger Ebert gave it three stars. Okay. He liked it a lot. His opening paragraph, he says, "Animation can give us the glory of sights and experiences that are impossible in the real world, and one of those sights." in The Rescuers Down Under, is of a little boy clinging to the back of a soaring eagle. The flight sequence and many of the other action sequences, action scenes in this new Disney animated feature, create an exhilaration and freedom that are liberating. And the rest of the story is fun, too. And he also, because he has to reference another movie every fucking time, he says that the animation, like in The Little Mermaid, is fully realized, convincing, and entertaining, and all the side characters are delightful. They're depressing sometimes, but yeah. Yeah. The animation is good. They did yeah. a good job. Yeah. It's very nice to look at. He also, he was just really, he was doing really well in this review because oh, he also went on to say, there's one reservation I have about the movie. Why does the villain have to be so noticeably dark complexioned mm. compared to all of the other characters? Yeah. Is Disney aware of the racially coded message it is sending? When I made that point to another critic, he argued that McLeach wasn't dark skinned. He was simply always seen in shadow. Those shadows are cast by insensitivity to negative racial stereotyping. Yeah. It's like, okay, Roger Ebert. Good on ya. Good on ya. Exactly. Uh, Gene Siskel also gave it three stars and called it a bold, rousing, but sometimes needlessly intense Disney animated feature. Truly. Where good fun is provided by a goofy albatross, one in a long line of silly Disney birds. It's true. All Disney birds are silly, I think. That Can you think of a serious Disney bird? I'm sure I could if I had more time. I was going to say the Grand Duke of the Owls, but he is not a Disney bird. And he's also kind of silly. Yeah, Archimedes is serious, but he's... Incredibly silly. Silly, yeah. Not intentionally, but... You're right. Also, Disney always makes really expressive horses. Yeah. Even though they rarely talk. They have a lot of emotions Hmm. and are very good at expressing them. Emotional horses. Emotional horses, indeed. My new band name. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, Janet Maslin liked the animation and the action sequences, but she said that the story was maybe a little too dark and wouldn't appeal to very small children. Yeah. She's right. She said that the slightly more grown-up, adventurous approach may be the reason it does not include the expected musical interludes, but they would have been welcome. And I agree. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, if 
I don't know, though, because, like, I don't know, a song from all the animals down in McLeach's, like, dungeon might have been nice, but it also kind of might have been, like, that song in The Pebble and the Penguin that all the penguins sing about how they're on the good shit misery, (laughs) so it's a fine line, you know? That's true. But just, like, it doesn't even have to be the animals singing, because the animals, the characters themselves didn't sing in the first movie. That's true, except for the Rescue Aid Society thing. Right, a song with words at some point. yeah. Could have been nice. It's true. Because the songs in The Rescuers are sad. Mm-hmm. But there's still a nice break. Yeah. So you're right. And you can do a lot of storytelling with just like a two minute song. Yeah. Like a montage. Heard of it? <laughs> no, I am unfamiliar. <laughs> I apparently have cut off the credit for this review but somebody said oh three years in the making it was obviously conceived during the height of this country's fascination with australia mm. brought on by paul hogan's fabulously successful crocodile dundee which came out in 1986 yeah. by 1990 the mania had long since subsided and this film's australian setting did nothing to enhance its box office appeal further the film doesn't make particularly imaginative use of the location take away the accents and the obligatory kangaroos and koalas and the story could have taken place anywhere yeah absolutely. which you said and you are correct yeah like i totally agree don't know why i had to be in australia nope they didn't take advantage of it i know Australia's cool yeah they mentioned dingoes once jake's like i used to be a dingo wrestler but it literally was this movie is jeffrey katzenberg's doing mm, yeah michael eisner and jeffrey katzenberg actually worked together to make this movie yeah happen and he was like, people before, love Australia right now. Before the split. Yes. Yeah. Because they started working on it in 1986. And he was like, everybody loves Australia. Crocodile and Dundee. Super. Let's just put it there. And yeah. so they did. And But by the time they got it out, everybody was like, why? <laughs> why Australia? Critic Josh Spiegel says... The Rescuers Down Under tanked with barely 3.5 million in its opening weekend take. Katzenberg removed all television advertisements for the film. So they like put it out in its opening week and it didn't do very well. And so he was like, stop advertising for it. And so it did worse. Like he just ruined it by itself. That's not the worst possible fate, but it proves that he had zero confidence in its ability to perform at a seemingly ideal time of the year. Here's the thing. The more demoralizing fact isn't that Katzenberg yanked the marketing. It's that Disney set the Rescuers Down Under up to fail. Opening at the same weekend as a little film called Home Alone, mm. heard of it, otherwise known as the highest grossing film of 1990. He may not have been able to predict its long-lasting impact on, pop- on popular culture, but Katzenberg likely had enough tracking information to tip him off that Home Alone would be a monster laying waste to everything in its path. The Rescuers Down Under was forced to take the hit then and afterwards. Yeah. And so I don't know what his motivation for that was because they decided to do the sequel, Eisen- Eisner and Katzenberg decided to do the sequel because rescuers was so successful for them and then they like set it up for failure yeah exactly put it out at a time when it was not going to do well and then when it showed signs of not doing well they yanked all the advertising yeah because it's not like like these both appeal to the same audience too yeah it isn't for small children it's for the same age children that would enjoy home alone yeah they're not yeah they're not even but pulling the advertising doesn't make sense either because it's like okay everybody saw home alone opening weekend maybe we won't have a good opening weekend but you know maybe for the long haul yeah people will want to go see it exactly and they both came out at the end of november so there's still the entire month of december right when to go see a movie off school yeah families are together for the holidays that's when people go to the movies yeah it just truly doesn't make any sense hate it so another reason to hate Jeffrey Katzenberg. As if we Not needed more. <laughs> that we need them. Joe Ranft, I guess. R-A-N-F-T. 
mm-hmm. was the storyboard supervisor for this movie, and he really wanted them to cast an Aboriginal Australian kid for the role and draw him that way. Oh, he wanted the for, main character to be an Jake. Australian boy. Yeah. For Cody, yeah. Or, yes, Cody. <laughs> but Katzenberg insisted that it be a little white blonde boy, that they draw him that way, and that they cast a little white blonde boy to pay. And it's like, why? Because, well, because he said, you know, people aren't going to go see it if it's not. Yes, they would. Yeah, they would. I think it's cool that even though the original one came out in 1979 and this one came out in 1990, so that's a full, it's 11 years later. Oh, okay. Everybody always says two decades, which it, I mean, it is, but it's, there are 11 years apart in these movies, but that's still a long time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. From, you know, original to sequel. Mm -hmm. Um, And they got most of the same people back, you know, like Bob Newhart and Ava Gabor are both in it. This was Ava Gabor's last movie that she did before she died. Bernard Fox is the chair mouse and the doctor mouse. Oh, yes. Um, George C. Scott is McLeach, and that's a name that I, like, know, but then I went and looked him up, and I was like, I've not seen any of these things. Oh. So I guess he's just, like, a guy. Yeah. He's a know. guy. But Frank Welker's in it, which is tight. The only person that they didn't get back was the guy who voices Orville, mm-hmm. because they started making it when he was still alive, but he died, like, midway through, and oh, they were yeah. like, well, we don't want to... Kind of the same thing actually happened to the guy who played Snoops. Where he was supposed to have a way bigger part, but then he died, and they oh. were like, well, we're not going to redo yeah. it. Same thing happened with this guy, but they were like, we don't want to, we're just going to, we'll scrap him and we'll start over. Yeah. So they got John Candy to be his brother. Right. Which is a lot of fun, so I'm glad that they got him. Yeah, in. absolutely. Uh, they did consider Dan Aykroyd, Jim Belushi, and Steve Martin for the role of Wilbur, John which all would have been fun, but John yes. Candy's clearly the best. There was meant to be a third Rescuers movie that came out in 1996, oh. but once Ava Gabor died, they just scrapped it. They were like, we're not replacing her. No, I Plus, don't Plus, this think... movie keeps fucking killing people. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can replace her. No. And it wouldn't have been the same if it weren't Bernard and Bianca, right. so... I'm glad they knew that. Yeah. Like, I want more Rescuers, but I get it. Yep. Also, there's just, like, you know... Tiny little ties everywhere to Home Alone. It came mm-hmm. out on the same day. John Candy's in both of them and plays like a supporting role. Mm-hmm. And the guy we talked about on the Home Alone episode, how they had picked a guy to do the score. Yeah. And then he backed out. He backed out to do this movie Aww. because he loved Disney so much. And yeah. he was like, I have always wanted to work on a Disney production. And this one, this is my chance. Yeah. And so he did it. He wrote one song. He wrote a single song. stretched for the whole movie. And they <laughs> made good use of it. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if he regrets that. I mean, probably. But the soundtrack for Home Alone is just iconic. Yeah. It'd be weird if it was different. It would be. It would just be, he just wrote the same song song. for Home Alone. (laughs) (laughs) The one that's in Rescue. Yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot of, why is there so much didgeridoo in Home Alone? Uh... (laughs) And then my last bit of trivia is that even though this movie is kind of about Mara Hote, she's mm. only in the movie for seven minutes because it took so goddamn long to animate her because she has like 200 feathers. Yeah. So they're like, she's hard to draw. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. I think my arm hurts. <laughs> <laughs> a carpal tunnel from a bird. No. Oh. So that's it. Cool. The end. I mean, I'm glad we did it. Me too. I like it. It's yeah. good. It is good. It's a fun way to kick off a slew of giant animal movies because... Yeah. That's a big old bird. I love giant birds. I love all the birds. Yeah. But like, God, I love Eagles big cool. animals. Yeah. I was thinking, I know we're doing a month of big animals, mm-hmm. but it's kind of also a conservation theme. Yeah. All the movies that we're doing. Yeah. I think, have that Ooh, overtone. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, 
I was say, I don't know if you can do an animal movie without having it, but that's not true at all. We do tons of animal movies all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely uh, save the animals. Save the feel. The rainforest? Save yeah. the desert. Mm-hmm. Save the outback. Mm. Don't shoot birds. Don't shoot birds. Especially not big ones. Like this. Yeah. Well, it's just like, they're gonna kill Marahote. The bad guy has a gun, but also the mice shoot Wilbur with a gun, which is like... Yeah. That's weird. That's true. So many guns in this movie. I don't like it. Very gun heavy. Gun heavy, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that's the end. Let us know what you think. You can reach out to us via the internet. Yep. We are on Instagram at Replay Rewind Podcast. We're on Twitter at Replay Rewind Pod, or you can email us at Replay Rewind Podcast at gmail.com. Yep. You can check out all of our other episodes on Stitcher, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts. If you have the ability to like or subscribe or rate or review something like that, please do that. I was told that you can like things on Spotify. I ain't seen it yet. Oh, but I like heard a rumor. Review them. Yeah. Yeah. But if you looked. can, do it. Yeah. If you can't, just share it. You know? Tell a friend. Tell your friends about it. Tell your friends about how funny and interesting we are. Yeah, that would be nice and helpful. We would sure appreciate that. Yeah. You can also go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash replay rewind podcast and get a whole lot more bullshit. We will mail you a sticker. We'll shout your name out on the show. And we do like, I don't know, goofy shit every month that we put out four episodes a month. So that's cool. Sometimes we take movies that we've already talked about and mix them up. Fuck them up. Yeah. Make them better. Sometimes we just rewrite movies entirely because we can do better than some of these Hollywood somethings. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't have a <laughs> these guys. Hollywood Hollywooders. These Hollywood guys. And once a month we do a movie that kind of fits the theme of what we're talking about, but it's not a children's movie. And this month we're doing Anaconda, and I'm very very excited about oh, yeah. it. Yeah, hell yeah. So head over there and check that out. And tune in next week to hear about. A legendary 15-foot-tall mountain gorilla named Joe, who was taken to an animal sanctuary in California. How would you describe this 15-foot mountain gorilla? Would you say he's powerful? Mm. Or perhaps very strong? (laughs) I don't know. We'll figure it out. I'm sure there's a word that I'm looking Um, for. Yeah. I think the soundtrack to the song is... What a man, what a man, what a man, what a man. (laughs) Uh, Completely done by the... Boss tones, you might say. <laughs> yeah. Did you say the off tones? No, the boss tones. Oh, <laughs> the off tones is me. <laughs> That's just my band. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, stay fresh, cheese bags. Don't forget to reduce, reuse, recycle, replay, and rewind. And rescue. Rescue. <laughs> I think we did that one last time. Yeah. And reuse the same joke from the last episode. <laughs> <laughs>